I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it Hey, hey, I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day Every single day, every 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 Post-Apocalypse 2020, coming to you from an undisclosed location, a private residence, somewhere near here. <laughs> it's the Whiskey Throttle Show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, David Pingree. We've got a, a cool show to you, with you today. Uh, it's going to be focused on fitness, wellness, uh, training for the sport of motocross, training for life, and just being generally fit and healthy, uh, which, so we're going to basically have stuff for anybody, whether you're a pro athlete, an up-and-coming aspiring pro athlete, a weekend warrior, or you sit on the couch and just eat potato chips. We got something for you. So uh, it's going to be good times. We got uh, Rob Beams, a good friend of ours from Moto E Fitness is here, and um, he's going to give us a, a, an educated perspective on all these things. So uh, be fun to go through all that with him. Uh, Grant Langston, our co-host, how are you? I'm good, buddy. You know, just... Getting uh, getting used to the way we've been uh, dealing with life feels like Groundhog Day, but yeah, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so that's good news. It's a new, it's a brave new world, they say. Donnie, how about yourself? I'm doing good. Listen, uh, I want to dedicate this to your dad too. It's been a tough one, I know. Uh, anytime you lose a, a a loved one, so anyway, I know it's been rough, man. And we our prayers have been with you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, those of you who don't know, Donnie lost his father a couple weeks back or months back, and. Um, yeah, so anyway, never a good thing. Uh, our guest brought to you by Yamaha, Rob Beams. How Coach you guys Rob, doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, wherever we're, we're at. We're, we're excited. <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> somewhere between here and there. Yeah, yeah I think that's, where, that's where exactly that's where, where we're at. Yeah. The bunker. Right that's there. Where, we're right there. <laughs> right where we're supposed to be. <laughs> no live audience on this one. No one can find us. That's right. Uh, and we'll keep I miss our, our live shows. I'm actually yeah. looking forward to when we can do another one, but. Maybe never. <laughs> we'll see what we'll spray some champagne while we do it. <laughs> Rob never got to experience those. No. Well, we talked about trying to come out a couple times, just not to be boastful, but we spent quite a bit of time in Australia earlier in the year, and some of the shows that you've had, you know, we've been trying to get over to. Just Our schedules just haven't aligned, but we're, we'll definitely get out for a live one, because it's yeah. going to happen soon. I know it is. Yeah, hopefully before Supercross, at least, uh, either... That'd be nice. At least 2021 begins, we can kick one off, kick the season off with a good one. I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, we have some incredible folks that, that make this show possible and starts with Yamaha. Uh, everything that you can imagine in the motorcycle realm, whether it's off-road, motocross, four wheels, generators, man, they just make a full line of everything and it's the best quality stuff you can buy. And uh, it's not just a bunch of bullshit. It really is good stuff. So go check out Yamaha. The 110 craze has been nuts. The TTR has been selling. It's kicking back off, isn't it? It's crazy. It's like a. It's I like blame a new, Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> Twitch yeah. brought it back. Well, a lot of people wanted the Cowies, and then they ran out, 
and then but the TTR indirectly has become a pretty hot seller because now people are like, oh, that's a bike I didn't come in looking for, but I'll realize mm-hmm. it's a badass bike. Yeah, like the start. Yeah, they're yeah. fun. You see some of these; tra- they look like BMX tracks now for these for these oh, yeah. pit bikes. They're everyone's, insane. Everyone's bored. <laughs> I mean, I got land behind my house, and I the kids and I talk tomorrow. We're going to go. We're going to dig some dig some jumps up. The yeah. kids are into it. And I'm like, yeah, it reminds me of when I was a kid. Let's do it. That's it. Right, exactly. Is it going to be like when you won your championship and you tore up all those bikes? Then you go ask bu- him as well. I don't know why you single <laughs> me out <laughs> because yeah, you're the one that bought them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, if it's my bikes, no, we're going to take care of it. Yeah. Put oil in them. Yeah. <laughs> if Brock Sellers brings all his bikes, we'll blow those up. <laughs> Different story. Yeah. Uh, big thank you to PowerDot as well. If you are looking into a device, and we'll talk to Rob about it and get his, his take on it, but uh, 20% off using the code Whiskey Throttle if you go over to PowerDot.com. Method Race Wheels, again, giving you 20% off. Uh, whether that's for your uh, side-by-side or your truck or your sprinter, whatever you got, uh, put some wheels on it. Make that thing look cool. Troy Designs, bringing you our TLD timeout today. SKDA Graphics, these guys just keep crushing it. Uh, they've got some new Whiskey Throttle Show graphics that I think are amazing looking. Uh, but no matter what it is you're looking for, these guys just think outside the box. The, the colorways, the the design is very different than anything you've seen. Go check them out. and they're Materials. Giving you, yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> goes, releasing it goes on basically bubble-free. Um, so it's idiot-proof. Thank you. And uh, well, that wasn't directed directly to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've all been there. 20% off using the code Whiskey Throttle there over at SKDA. So check them out. Uh, Four Wheel Parts, they're bringing you our Get At Me Q&A today. Uh, and those guys, man, they're, they're doing good work too. Um, any first responders, if you are a firefighter, paramedic, nurse, doctor, um, any first responder, go into Four Wheel Parts. They're doing a free tire rotations and inspection for you throughout the month of uh, May, I believe. So... Those guys are just doing awesome things, awesome products in there. They carry anything and everything you could possibly imagine. So uh, go check them out. Adidas, don't be a dick to your feet. Get in some good shoes. Pro Circuit, doing 10% off using the code Whiskey Throttle on a full line of engine components, exhaust, suspension work, whatever you need. And uh, they also have five different uh, items of the day right now. You go through, go onto their Instagram page and check them out. But they post up these random products that I think they've got just sitting in the warehouse that they're trying to blow out and they blow them out. It's like 50% off or more. Uh, it's usually older bikes or whatever, but go check it out. Follow those guys. Uh, cool stuff over there. Dunlop tires, the best tires in the sport period, bringing you good traction. Nihilo Concepts, giving you a free gift with the code Whiskey Throttle. Go check the Nihilo Concept guys out. Fire Department Coffee. Um, the best. The best. I love it. I'm so, obsessed. So they, with uh, being at home on lockdown, pot every day, man. Just a big pot. <laughs> Nonstop. Pot of coffee. Yes. Oh, okay. Just yes. making sure. <laughs> <laughs> GL has his own pot party going on there. He's got his own oh, party yeah. going on. Yeah, pot uh, party. No, these guys did a really cool thing. They asked me for all the addresses of our uh, past guests. So I've been getting texts all week from Marty Smith, Kalani Rob, uh, uh, Trey Kennard. They sent them a bag of coffee and a mug. And uh, <coughs> anyway, that was. they don't have to do that. They just are a great company. So stoked to, to be involved with them. And they're giving you 20% off. You go online, order some coffee, K-Cups, uh, ground or bean, whole bean, wherever you like. They've got it. Uh, big thank you to Seat Concepts. We've got some really cool Vital MX project bikes coming out. They've got a bunch of their saddles on them, and they're amazing for all kinds of bikes, too. Don't think it's just motocross bikes. Get over and check out what Seat Concepts has to offer. Specialized. I'm repping them hard today. Um, look, if, if you're looking to get in shape, 
bicycles are a big tool in your toolbox. We're going to talk a lot, of bit, a lot about that. And I'm actually going to pick Rob's brain about these kind of bikes. Um, oh, because we always have that debate about whether e-bikes are acceptable. Mm. Yeah, he's not the, loving the, e-bike the, racing, but... The purists, the purists are like, well, that's kind of cheating. But I, I, I think it allows more people to be involved <laughs> sure, sure. and be able to go at their own pace. The better so. shape you're in, the more you think e-bikes are bullshit. Of course. That's and I get that. Uh, I, I worked this hard to go after it, and you guys are just cruising <laughs> yeah. along. Well, I, I had a guy the other day. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 man. What do you think of the recluse? I'm like, that's for guys that don't know how to use the clutch. I'm like, I wouldn't put <laughs> But I'm like... But for certain people off-road, they're like, it's my lifesaver. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but yeah. for me, I like that. But I get it. It helps make a technical session a section just a little less yeah. technical. I go back to Eli Tomac, who said, any way to get people into mountain biking, is they're good with him and John. Yeah. Yeah, no matter what it is. No matter yeah. what it is. It's yeah. bringing people on. We need it. Move forward. Well, that's why I don't bash people that ride quads. We we still need those. You're people. still selling quads. Hey, well, I'll you're selling quads. You can sell them. <laughs> but it's good to have an off-road community. Hey, have you, know? you ever it seen that cartoon with the guy on the quad and he's sitting next to the guy on the bike yeah. and he's like, "Hey, you ever want to ride sometime?" And the guy's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, uh, never. Nuke the quads. Uh, and then finally, OGO, our newest sponsor, uh, the best gear bags, roller bags, backpacks, hydration packs. Yeah. Did you know they make those? I did. Yeah. You can put I've all heard, kinds I've of things in there. I've heard that a time or two. I've heard that a yeah. time or two. Yeah. You like the hydration pack. I do. I hear Gotta that. stay hydrated, man. Grant brings it up every time. So anyway, <laughs> thank you to those companies. Um, they just, this show wouldn't happen without them. And, and we feel like we've done a, a, a really good job of aligning with amazing companies. Uh, we get emails all the time of people that have bought one thing or another and they just go, wow, this is really great. I'm so stoked I got this. And I say, hey. You know, I'm not. I'm not just taking checks from anyone that'll write them. I, we we make sure if you come on board with this program, we back these products 100. Uh, I put my own integrity on the line, and you know, sponsoring these people so or, or being involved with them. So it means a lot to us. So thank you to them. Uh, and now we've got our front end chatter. Method Race Wheels bringing our front end chatter. We like to bring you in on this, Rob. Method Race Wheels bringing you the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels in off road. Let's talk about training strategies because um, I think this is interesting. Depending on the kind of rider you are, like um, let's say a Ryan Dungey versus a Cole Seeley. Mm-hmm. I know Cole's, you know, they're both retired, but if if you looked at them as kind of the the type of people they were, Dungey very much just a workhorse. He liked to just grind it out. You tell him, hey, do this much workload, and he'll do it. Yep. Cole, you do that to him, you'll burn him out. He hates bikes, and he, you know. Go ride, you know, ride a unicycle and play the guitar, whatever he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. um, so you have to kind of balance that and keep it fun and, and work around the rider. But what do you think? Um, how does that work? How do you figure out what each guy likes and needs? And I guess that's what we're going to talk a lot about today is data driven training, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, you mentioned Dunge. I had the privilege of working with him first season. And, you know, I've had AC and I've had Ashley Filick and I've had Jordan Bailey. And you look at just, I pull out those four just randomly. You look at the, the personality dynamics. The thing that's difficult in, in my type of a position is I don't really get caught up in the personality. I don't get caught up in emotion. If you watch the, uh, the TV show we did with Dunge on CBS, I'm known as the guy that says I don't world, work in a world of emotions. I work in the world of zeros and ones. At the time when I had Dunge, data wasn't as readily available as it is even today. Sure. If you look at the amount of information that's on these watches that are on our wrists. It's crazy. Um, I was on the junior development program for the sport of triathlon 
at Colorado Springs, we had to sleep with all kinds of electrodes on us so they could get our sleep data. We had to train with everything plugged in, down our throats, fingers pricked and everything else. Now we have watches that give us about 80% of the same amount of information without all the discomfort, having to live someplace from home and do things like that. But doing all that, doesn't that lead to the convenience of having Absolutely. 80% of that on your wrist now? And are you going to do anything with the information that's there? Uh, we mentioned cycling. You know, a lot of cyclists train with wattage. You get lots of gl glamorous reports. Most people don't know how to interpret that information, either to improve performance, lose some pounds of weight. There's this, they get enamored with the idea, I've got to have a new gadget. Well, what is that gadget really doing besides adding weight to your bike? <laughs> yeah. And so going back to your original question, what we do, whether no matter what the dynamic of the personality is, is we go below the surface. We have a set of assessments that we put all of our riders through, depending on their age, puberty, pre, you know, all that goes with it. And then we build a needs assessment off of that. And I think that's the most important, important starting point. If you're already an aerobic monster, you don't need more aerobic work. You probably need more strength work. And you're not strong because you probably don't like the gym. And then when you go to the gym, you make it so miserable on yourself. The human body just does not like repetitive pain much as we want to joke about the nuances associated with that, <laughs> we don't do what we're not good at. If you suck at starts, you probably don't practice starts. If you suck at jumping, you probably don't like to jump when that's your biggest opportunity for improvement. Mm. Human performance is exactly the same way. Where I get a little disenchanted is, you know, we've been doing this for 37 years. I've had the privilege of picking up a lot of different athletes. They come from the toolage of other coaches and they come in and you would think there'd be some fundamental numbers that are there. What's your caloric intake? What's your caloric burn rate? How many hours of sleep? How many sleep cycles? Deep sleep, etc. I'd say less than one percent's ever had an answer. Yeah. Training log, forget. I wouldn't it. give you an answer to that. Absolutely, and look at your success. Well, I'm up to like uh, two or three sleep cycles right now, I'm trying to get to five. <laughs> that a boy. That's all boy. on the watch, dude. We'll That's talk it. about it. We'll yeah. talk about it. Well, I, I think more specifically, so. <clears throat> If you've got a guy who, say, doesn't like the bicycle, like mm -hmm. he, he just doesn't like the, the grinding work, right? Yeah. Like he has to do something fun. Mm -hmm. Ron Lachine used to like to go jet skiing. Absolutely. Great guy. Jet skiing, jet skiing is a great mm -hmm. cardiovascular workout. Good on your back, good for your shoulders. But if you said, hey, you got to go do 240s, he's like, oh, like, he'll just tip the bike over and dump the gas out and say mm -hmm. he did it. Yep. Um, I guess my question is, how do you keep it fun? Um, you know, do you, do you tell guys, hey, like... You like to jump on a pogo stick? Cool, let's jump on a pogo stick for yeah, 20 minutes. Absolutely. This is kind of like what your heart rate yeah. up to a certain, yep. for a certain time, yeah. Well, I think there's a, I mean, you mentioned the moto pogo with, you know, Jeremy. I mean, he advertised it for a long time. I have two of those. Yeah, three of them. they look phenomenal. They're amazing. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, my son used to tear them up. We actually put some fitness program together for the youth using moto pogo, push-ups, jump ropes, stars. But I still remember we sold them in the dealership, and I'm like, I can't believe we're selling pogo sticks at a motorcycle Absolutely. shop. Absolutely. I'll take this Jeremy jumping up and yeah. down on it in a commercial. But going back to what you were saying there, it's with, with our performance program, we incorporate the psychological as much as the nutritional and the strength and the conditioning. It's a, it's a cohesive unit. And I think you hit the most important component is helping them understand the why behind it. Mm -hmm. If I just say foam roll and you're like, that shit hurts. Versus I say, look, you're having a hard time getting that inside leg up. You keep dabbing your foot. We do a needs assessment. Hip flexors are all jammed up because of scar tissue. I mean, you think about the advent of the knee brace has been great, but that energy's got to go somewhere. So we're seeing a, a, just a multitude of hip issues. The boots, the ankle's nice and wrapped tight. The energy goes north to the, the knee. The knee's wrapped in a brace. It's going to go to the next joint, ends up in the hip. Now you've got tons of scar tissue muscle tightness, et cetera. So when somebody's saying to me, a riding coach comes to me and says, hey, why does he keep dabbing? Why does he or she keep dabbing their foot? 
you go in there and you say, okay, look, you have, you know, I, I press into that hip flexor and you come off the ground. Show you a couple things you can do with a foam roller, trigger point therapy ball, whatever it is. That's going to motivate you to do the foam rolling. If I say do it because I said, and you'll hear me say this over and over again, I don't believe it should be about me. And I even hate to use this word trainer because it's adulterated. But as a human performance specialist, I want you to understand why I'm asking you to yeah, do yeah. it. I can, give, I can keep you busy 24-7. But if you understand the why, oh, wait, this will keep me from dabbing my For foot. Sure. Heck, yeah, you'll do it. Yeah. I think we, we as, as athletes or as racers that want to be competitive, we think the same way. I mean, you know, I had the same thing. I, I didn't have a lot of science, you know, growing up through the ranks, went sure. to Europe, and then got to be around some people with some science behind it. You, you know, had a lot of questions. And, and it's like, well, he's skinny. He's doing more weight training. Mm -hmm. You know, I had harder time keeping the weight off or sure. getting my heart rate up at a, quick enough. Those were things I was taught for a while. But like you said, when you get told to do stuff, you, you're reluctant. But if someone can show you that that's a roadmap to be a better athlete, yep. I think for me, and I speak for a lot of people, you go, well, I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Whether it's sore or not, you know. It's got to resonate with you. And you just said something that I thought was pretty profound. You had a hard time getting your heart rate elevated. That immediately shows me that your aerobic engine I want all the listeners to think about this. Think about your strength base as the bore size of the engine. Think about your aerobic engine the size of the carburetor. Pretty simple analogy. You had the power. You could go. The heart rate took a long time to get up. So your aerobic engine is fine, but then the muscles give out before you can push the aerobic engine, i.e. the heart rate. Well, you've got to flip-flop. You've identified what the strength is. What you've got to focus on is the weakness. Hmm. There's where we, we just got back from Australia, as I said, and we were over on Gypsy Tales with, with Jace. Todd Waters joined us, defending yeah. Australian champion. He's, I saw a, a actual quick clip that yep. he had on his Instagram. Yeah. I follow him. So. And so the, the thing that was amazing to me, Todd joins. He says, look, I've ridden with Caroli. I've ridden for the Red Bull team. Your point exactly. Walks in. You're on the board. You're supposed to do this at this time. Be here. Do this. Don't ask why. Just go do it. Yeah. So the athletes are willing to do the work, still not understanding the why behind it. Start to lose some motivation. Why am I excessively fatigued? Why am I so damn sore I can't brush my teeth? And eventually you do that for a couple of months and you really don't want to get, like you said, you'll find a reason not to get there. Not trying to toot my own horn. I would never ask you to do something if you didn't understand why you're doing it. We, we have 14 Moto E facilities here in the States and we have five internationally. I always say to the clients, if you walk in that gym and you don't know the purpose of that workout, then I have failed you as a performance coach. Whether it's going in there and sitting there for 90 minutes to leverage stored body fat for fuel, whether it's going in there for 15 minutes to work on your hip flexor range of motion, you now know it's to plan. keep you from dabbing your foot. You'll go do the work. Not just because I said, I'm not a grindstone guy. You're a human being first. This stuff where it's like, I want you to go gluten-free. I want you to go dairy-free. I want you to just do it. I'm a military style. That's, wait, whoa, whoa, back it up. Explain to me why. You've been here. You certainly have the championships. You guys have both been very successful. How much time was spent explaining the why? Why I'm asking you to do it because yeah. he said it and he said it and he said it. My old roadie coach said, do it and do it. But nobody can explain why. Well, and I why. think the, a lot of the problem, like GL talked about, is, is there wasn't the data data in the 90s. True. Or even early 2000s. Well, it's just, it's been in recent years. With the exception of Jeff Spencer, whoever had the credentials to say they did what they did. Right. And You're that right. goes all the way back to Honda and what, 86, 84? And even even with Jeff, I think they they haven't had tools like this, That's right. this Garmin watch that I'm wearing right now. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about. But yep. um, this is just changing the way that you are able to do business. But um, I love that um, you can't answer the why. Like to me, there's not enough of that in our sport. And I could, 
you know, use a bandsaw and knock off a few of my fingers and still count on one hand the number of people in this sport who have college degrees in something related to performance training. So anyway, glad you're on the show. I um, appreciate it. Well, if you have the science, then you take that as your platform and build programs off of that. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, we'll get right into your stuff here. Quick, I want to send people over to Whiskey Throttle show.com check out our new website you can buy all our merchandise on there uh, we've got brand new shirts hats like this one um, you can check out all of our sponsors we have links to those every show is on there you can listen or watch uh, and some really cool photos from each guest that you can't see anywhere else so while you're listening or you can cruise in and check those out so go over there to whiskey throttle show.com uh, mad skills motocross if you have not gotten yourself set up to uh, join that new competition that they've got going on check that out so, Rob, let's start with, let's kind of back up and tell us about your background, how you ended up in the sport of motocross from the, in the first place. Well, uh, I started riding in 78, had a 78 RM80, and used to love riding in the Orange Groves. For those of you that have been around the sport a long time, back in Orlando, we had Orlando MX, which was our stadium race, and that, there was a national there. Obviously, with Gator back up there, it's been there forever. Um, Motocross got a little too expensive for my parents. Um, I'm adopted into a pretty large family. And so they got me into this thing called BMX. And so I went through the ranks with that. Ironically, raced against Eli Tomac when he was riding for Mongoose number one, and I was riding for KHS. Is that right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I've got, got a couple At magazines. the Grands in uh, Oklahoma? It, uh, it's actually in uh, Kentucky is where the okay. NBL Grands at ABA is where okay. Oklahoma's at. So got oh. a chance to race against Tomac. You know, he was riding for Mongoose. I was riding for KHS. Um, How got, long ago was this? Uh, see, I raced pro in 86 and 87. I got eighth in the world in 87 and Tomac had already left the sport of BMX and gone into this silly sport known as mountain biking that we all laughed at. Um, so I would say probably 82, 83 at this point. And you got to remember Tomac's riding for Mongoose number one, killing it. And he just yeah. walks away and goes into the sport called mountain bike. And we all said, what an idiot. And little did we know, yeah, we yeah. know what it was we as, as it is today. And so once I got done with BMX, well, I really, I didn't think I was done with BMX. I got eighth in the world, and my dad decided to send me off to college, and, and no one in my family had ever been in college. My brother that's just above me, he signed with Colorado Rocky, excuse me, Houston Astros professional team out of high school. My dad was mainly a baseball guy, ball and stick guy, and so he, he was very supportive of racing, but he wasn't as dedicated, you know, because I wasn't hitting a ball. So... <laughs> Uh, when we literally got done with the Worlds on, on the weekend, that following Monday is like, we're going to school. Uh, that's the first time I'd heard of that. So, at any rate, yeah, essentially, my dad was military, so what he said went. So, I uh, went to school, got a degree in computer science and human resource management. And while I was in college, I was doing quantitative statistics for a grocery store chain. And the CEO of the company was named Mike C., which happens to be Adam C.'s grandfather. So, small little world, worked with them through college. Um, when I get started going to college, my roommate was training for this crazy sport called triathlon. I'm like, well, wait a sec, I know how to ride a bike. I know how to run. I'll learn how to swim. And we lived on a lake, so I taught myself how to swim. And then uh, I qualified for the junior development program for the sport of triathlon while I was in college. And that was going great. And then I got hit by a car. And unfortunately, when you, once you're a lame duck, you're pretty much off the team. Cycling? So. Uh, no, I actually was taking a buddy to the Orlando International Airport, got hit by a drunk driver, oh. and uh, he hit us on the East-West Expressway as you're heading out towards it, and uh, just sent us spiraling, and I was driving a stick shift car, and I pushed the clutch in to try to get the car under control and hit the center wall and just blew my knee straight left. Oh. It went every which way but straight. So, you know, that was the end of that, but 
I had really, having the chance to go to Colorado Springs and learn as much as you do, growing up in the motocross world, I've always was fascinated with fitness and nutrition and psychology, but you didn't, we were teasing earlier, you know, you had the Brad Lackey one book on motocross fitness. It was the only one that existed. In BMX, you had Greg Hill's book of fitness, which was 30 uh -huh. pages long. You know, that was about it. So... When I got to go to Colorado Springs, I'd, I'd learned so much the hard way school of hard knocks, but I was clamoring for so much knowledge. Well, I wanted to become a doctor. Dad's like, you go get your degree in computer science. That was his first mandate because he kind of thought things might go the computer route. Uh -huh. uh, human resource management, you can always run a business, so that's great. Once you get done with those two, then you can go do whatever you want. And I said, well, great, I'll go get these knocked out. I'm going to go get my master's degree in exercise science, and off we were going to go. <laughs> started the master's program and uh and dad was paying for all this college yeah dad was like as long as you're getting a's and b's i'm paying and but you're going to do what i tell you to do and i say that very <laughs> lovingly he's a very bright man yeah. he, he yeah. knew what was going on and you're talking about your adopted father yes correct sir. yep so i hate to interrupt no, a go bit, for but it I'm, i love it I, I'm, I'm always curious so yeah. um do, do you know your real parents no sir so your 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 adopted parents to use mom that's and dad. it yep that's pretty cool. That's no, interesting. I, I'm very thankful for it, yeah. for sure. You know, because from what little bit you hear about people who are adopted, you don't get put up for adoption in good standards, good situations. Usually it's pretty ugly or, you know, so it could have been a lot worse for sure. Sure. No, so very, very, very thankful for that. So I get done with the two degrees and I start my master's degree because I'm super pumped. Now I'm going to go into exercise science and do all that. And I got married very young. I got married when I was 19 and we had tried conceiving a child for six years and finally went full term while well, he comes into the world and I'm like, I'm out, I'm, I'm done with school. And I'd started coaching a little bit along the lines and, and in the triathlon world, the running world and the mountain bike world, our online coaching before there was online coaching this is when you would fax schedules, you would talk to people. <laughs> I, I do remember, you remember those days. Yeah. And uh, so it worked out great because I always wanted to be home for those first steps. Um, my ex-wife was a elementary school teacher and we'd always talked about when we conceive children, she's going to homeschool them. We're in Florida, not the best schooling system in the world. So to make a long story short, I got to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. got to watch the boys grow up. We had a second child that came along. Well, at that point, the, the, the triathlon world was getting bigger and bigger. The endurance world was getting bigger. And then I started getting hit up by other sports. You know, my brother was in baseball, so I started doing stuff with professional teams there. You bring that forward about six years, and now I've got two little ones at home, and I got a phone call from Toyota. And Toyota was starting the Moving Forward program, which was their amateur development program. And I'd always said I was never going to get involved with motocross because, as you know, you love it. You start getting involved on the business side of it. Now it's this close, and yeah. you start to lose some of it. Well, even to this day, I'm still probably one of the biggest fans of motocross and supercross. I love the bench race. I love the history. I love vintage bikes. I love it all. So Toyota comes to me, and they said, we'd, we'd like you to take over and manage these 10 riders. What we're going to do is we're going to take 10 riders through the year. We want you to do the fitness from January through Loretta's. There's going to be a group, uh, Davey Coombs, David Iser, I think Tim Cotter was in there. There was a group of five or six that were going to choose who was going to get the award. The award was a two-year deal in the Team Motorsport Cowie Ride. Uh, so along that year, you had Mike Bacone, you had Kyle Chisholm, you had uh, Sean Hackley, it was a good group of people. That was when I was down there. Yes. Pinecone, as we used to Mike, call them. Good old Pinecone. used to come yes. right at my place. Absolutely. And so I got to know all these guys. It was great. And so we were, we were. I, I really resisted it for a long time, for probably a couple months. And then they just, they're like, 
really want you to do this. And I thought, well, this will be kind of cool. Toyota is a cool company to work for. So we did that program. And that year, Sean Hackley was chosen. He got to go to motorsport. Well, while I was doing that, word got out and Ronnie Tishner hit me up. And at the time, Ronnie Tishner was working with Adam C., Zach Commons, and Zach Freeberg. And he was also working with Ashley Filick, who was with Factory Honda at the time. So I started working with those four. And then it just kind of started to blossom from there. So through the years, I was very fortunate. Um, I got a random phone call from Mr. Martin, the Martin Brothers. He was going to start a um, Millville motocross team. He had Spencer Daly. He had Jeremy and, and Alex. So I got a chance to work with them for almost two full years. And that's when they were on 85s and stuff. Some real fun stories if you want to go there with uh, Alex trying to destroy Jeremy. Uh, Spencer is a really great guy. And he moved to Florida to live with us and was training with us for a while. And while we were in, in, in Orlando, Spencer says, hey, look, um, I've got this guy that's flying in. He's going to start training with James Stewart. We want to go to dinner. Would you want to go with us? Sure. And so we go to Olive Garden. And this guy, Ryan Dungey, shows up. I've never heard of him before. Nobody had, right? I think except Roger DeCoster, evidently. And so we're just sitting there and... Not to sound arrogant, I didn't know Ryan from anybody, so we're sitting across and trying to make small talk. I got two little guys because Spencer's a pro, and this Ryan Dungey, and my two little guys are just in awe. And so I looked at Dungey, and I said, so what do you want to, you know, what do you want to do in the sport? And he looks me straight in the eyes and goes, I just want to beat all of Ricky's records. And I just remember thinking to myself, he wasn't cocky, he wasn't condescending. I was just like, man, that's pretty, it's pretty solid. So we I, finished I almost up. couldn't imagine hearing him say that, you know, knowing Dungey, he's very... Yeah, I think just more on, you know, the, the early stages of where do I want to go with yeah. this? He really had that tunnel vision, and you could sense it. Like I say, no arrogance whatsoever. And then we adjourned from dinner, and I heard from him four or five times over the next couple of years, question here, question there. And he went down his route of trainers, and he was training at, at Stewart's place until he went to the U.S. Open and stuck that wheel in on him. and. That's when he was. Oh, that's right. Exit left. <laughs> that was the rumor. That was. I didn't know what the details were, but I heard that, that was, was pretty much it. You know, he wasn't supposed to put a wheel in on Stewart, and he did. So your visit at the Stewart compound is done. So Dunge goes his separate ways, and I worked with Spencer for quite a while, and then Spencer went to the goat farm, which is uh, Carmichael's place, and one thing led to another, and Dunge went through his routine of where he went, and then I got a phone call from him, and said, hey. I'd like to talk to you about possibly working together. So we talked for about three or four months, and then we ended up working with Dunge, um, like I said earlier. And it, it was This is also around the time, what, like 07? Mm -hmm. And that's when Villapoto was in his prime on a Cowie. You know, he's had a couple years with Alden. He Ryan had just left Suzuki with Roger, went to KTM. We're on a stink bug 450. Ryan's on rails. And so you can imagine the CBS special is it's Alden, you know, excuse me, when we did the CBS special, it was actually Alden and Roxon against myself in, in Dunge. And obviously, we're in the KTM rig together, so it made for some good TV. But um, it, that all just kind of fell into place because when I first started working with them, I had no idea they were going to be the CBS shows. They had no idea. Obviously, Dunge didn't normally have a trainer, so that became a big, you know, oh, my goodness, he hired somebody kind of a thing. But... With all that being said, during the amateur side, it was great because I've had the privilege of working with the Martin brothers and the ACs and all of that. You know, the most recent guy that we worked with would be Jordan Bailey. You know, we lost him when he went to the Husky program, as it seems to be the theme with most teams. They all have their, their guy, which I personally would never assign on to do because whenever things go rough, it's always the program. It's never the yeah. rider. It can't be the bike. Not that anyone's in the game of pointing fingers, but as you said earlier, when you can validate the human performance data, 
heart rate numbers average and max were achieved during the race. He is what, what I call critical fatigue, or we look at thing, critical speeds and we look at thresholds of fatigue. I can show that, illustrate it, not me trying to validate my numbers. The numbers really don't lie because you're the one wearing the heart rate monitor. You, we know the duration yeah. of the race. We have it on film. We can look at the data, but that doesn't make me popular. I come across as being cocky. Sure. That's the problem. Mm. But so that once the Toyota program went through and then as the amateur things went through, um, obviously working with Dunge, it was a little bit tough because I lived in Orlando. He's in Tallahassee. So I would leave Sunday night. I'd go up, stay with him Monday, Tuesday through Wednesday. I would go home because I had two little ones at home. And it was hard because I'd never been away from my boys up to that point. I'd never spent a night ever away from my boys until I took that job. Um, but with that being said, it, it opened up the doors for more. My my vision as we were doing all of this is I believe the sport needs to grow and the word organically has been so adulterated. I almost shy away from it. You know, it's like social distancing. I don't, I don't really want to hear it anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so my goal was 20 years ago is I wanted to build an infrastructure of Moto E facilities, Moto E certified coaches. And I want to build a stream of athletes coming from around the world, wanting to come to Loretta's. And so if you don't mind, go for it. Can you, Elaborate a little bit on the Moto E side of it. Yes, sir. Just, I think some people might not. Yep. Moto E originally was started as Moto Endurance. Mm -hmm. um, there was a company, a European company that owned the dot-com uh, when it came live. And they wanted to, they wanted me to pay $50,000 to buy it from them. And I said, no. Uh, so the confusion is the brand is Moto E. Our website is CompleteRacingSolutions.com. Uh, so that's kind of, but from a branding standpoint, the Moto E was really what we were after there. And the vision of that was to create a, a group of athletes that would come through a development program, 65, 85, 125, 250, with the goal of getting them into a factory rig. And right now I'm 15 years into a 20-year plan. And most recently we had Isaac Teasdale come through, who's with JGR. We had Jordan come through, ended up with Husky, now with Ty Lube. Obviously, the Martin brothers have done pretty well. AC's doing okay for himself. So it's neat to see that vision, and our goal is one day to have a factory team. Do it a little bit differently. I don't want to be manufacturally driven. I want it to be performance-driven, where agents are like, that's the team we want to be on because the health and longevity of the athlete. Rider makes more money collectively. The agency obviously can represent with better companies. Keyword is longevity. I mean, yes, that, sir. that's something that lacks in our sport. I've been fired because of that, because I've been brought into programs where a rider has every sign, which we can talk a little bit about what those signs are. When a rider is showing all these signs of fatigue, and again, it comes back to me, the trainer, you know, I'm going to show my yeah. brawn, I'm going to scream, yell at you, call your names, get on some <laughs> little trend of thought, gluten-free, dairy-free, none of this, none of that. Is there a credibility to those? Absolutely. If you have celiac disease, you better be gluten-free or you're going to be sick to your stomach. But we could talk about those as well if you yeah. guys want to go there. But the idea is when I've got a rider that has all signs of adrenal fatigue, all big four, night sweats, craving simple sugars, tired and you can't sleep, and low sex drive, if you have one or all of those, your adrenals are screaming at you. So I get a new rider that comes in. You could do a little bit of assessments, figure out what's going on. Well, think about it. If I've got somebody, let's say he is a professional. Most of our stuff is amateur. But let's say you do have a professional. You guys are supposed to raise 17 rounds in 18 weekends. Mm. You can't, you're going to hire me to tell you to sleep more and eat more. <laughs> Doesn't go over very well. <clears throat> yeah. But when you're looking at it going, look, you're not eating enough high-quality fats, which yeah. feeds the adrenals, which we can talk about if you want. You're not able to perform, meaning you're not able to get that high-level speed and sustain it. 
because the adrenals are already overworking. Nobody wants to hear that. Did you ever have any of those symptoms? Do I used to get night sweats a lot when I was racing? And at, I, at, at what age? Think about that. 20. Come on. 22, 23, 24. Sex drive was always on point, but uh, everything my, else. When mine dropped, I knew there was a problem. So <laughs> yeah. that's what I was like. I sourced medical help. <laughs> but that's the problem is the sensitivity of the Doctors, subject. Help. Yeah. And he's like, train less, eat more, sleep more, and you'll get it back. And it doesn't, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. You're taking a pro that's expected to be on for 17 consecutive weekends and your words of encouragement are eat more, sleep more. Yeah. They think you've drank your, you've drank your breakfast. Well, I also think there's something from, you can go and, and I know some people harp on me because I always say, growing up in South Africa, it Absolutely. was very primitive and all that. But when I went to Europe, I got the chance to be in front of Stefan Evitz, his trainer, other people, and was like, well, if you want to be the best, that's what you got to do. Mm -hmm. And I try to go <clears throat> basically from here to here overnight. overnight. And I'm talking, about, for those not watching, three steps. I, I, think I, I think I was burned out most of my first year. Mm -hmm. um, I was sleeping... On, at times going to the practice track and on the way back, I mean, I was just, even my dad's like, What's wrong this guy's, there's yeah. something not right here. Yep. <laughs> and I was just lethargic, just out of it. But it, it came back to, we were just trying to try to just pile on the training overnight. Yep. And not, didn't really have a roadmap. Just like, yep, point A to point B, let's get there ASAP. Got to walk before you run, right? And it well, just and almost buried me in the ground. I appreciate your honesty on that because the challenge is, think about it, most of you guys are getting two-year deals. So the first year, it's like a politician. You know, the first year, you're just trying to race, figure it all out. Next year, you're just trying to keep your job. Well, <laughs> you don't care. You know, you don't really care about sleeping. You don't care about eating because this, uh, this mantra, more is better. You know, you're being a yeah. pansy if you don't do is what Stefan's doing and all the others. Well, it goes back to your original question. Building a program based on the needs assessment of that athlete, based on physiology, not what I think of you, what your body is showing us and telling us, then building a a template on that, that's where I fall out of flavor because, wait a second, you want me to go do a three-hour bike ride, a two-hour bike ride, or whatever it is? Well, sure. I'm looking at, in the off-road world, we worked with uh, Charlie Mullins. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at a three-hour GNCC, I don't care what anybody says, you're not going to go out there and race at 92% of maximum heart rate. No. You think you can, you're not. It's <laughs> physiologically impossible because if you think it is, why is Usain Bolt not winning the marathon? So I don't, and, and, and I'm going to kind of tease a lot about this during the show. Our sport is so unique in so many different ways, but yet we think that we can exonerate ourselves from the principles of nutrition and physiology. I, I, the, the simplest example I can give you is if you, anybody that's listening, that's has an amateur rider, you're doing more volume than my pros ever do. And when you look at every time you go to the track, it's wide open. Because the idea oh, yeah. is, well, to go fast, you got to go fast. No, it's actually the opposite. Well, that's a that's a really bad um, trend that we've got in our sport is, and we always crap on Ricky like it was his fault because he came <laughs> in and outworked everybody. Mm -hmm. But he also had buttloads of talent yep. uh, and and heart. You know that he had a lot of things. It wasn't a just he doesn't get he doesn't get enough credit for the talent. No, I feel like people are like oh it's it's just hard work. He held on. I'm like. Yeah, but you could also do things that yeah. other people couldn't. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, it just yeah. wasn't polished. No. It was raw. Yeah. Yeah. But we, but we, this is our new trend is you got, you just got to do more. Ricky would have done this, you know, mm -hmm. well, and rah, 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 go and, out and burn through five gallons of gas every day. And, and how many people have that combination that Ricky had mm -hmm. to, to be able to work that hard? Everybody can't well, work that hard with 
without a, that whole combination. Well, people and have tried bo- to. His body makeup made mm-hmm. made it possible for him to do that, right? For that, sure. You can't take a skinny guy it's like... certainly a factoring part. Yeah. But you're getting ready to say about the skinny guy. Well, then you take somebody in the Tour de France like, you know, Lance or even Alberto, you know, six foot three... 135 pounds, well, they're certainly putting out some tremendous power. Strength-to-weight ratios are there, which kind of dismisses and blows up, Not no disrespect to what you're about to say. You can take somebody like a Jordan Bailey that's relatively thin and get a lot of power out of him, but you've got to do it in his format. You look at, I'll give you a perfect example. You look at the Tour de France. Jan Ulrich has won the Tour several times, and his average cadence is going to be 75-80, and Lance has won the Tour half a dozen times, and his cadence is 110-plus. They both have won the tour. You're going to tell me one's right and one's wrong when they both have won. It goes to the original question, figuring out what works for the body type, the genetics, the background, the history, the history of injuries. You know, if you come from a program where they just run and grind and run and grind, I've got to undo what you've broken, which again is where I fall out of flavor because nobody's going to hire us because they feel like you're just coddling them. I'm not coddling you. I'm saying once we get biofeedback indicators reversed, i.e. adrenal fatigue, when one or four of those symptoms go away, great. Now we've, we've shown what we've done because this is where we inter- intertwine the confidence. Once you understand how you've turned those symptoms around, you have confidence to keep doing it sure. so you don't ever have that regression. So that incremental improvement, is non, there's no end to it. The only two yeah. things that will set you back physically, think about it, injury or an illness. So if you don't make that your number one priority, and that's where I get gutted when I see an athlete's career professionally get cut short because it became about the trainer. I don't want you eating this. You're on a calorically restricted diet. You're going to sweat your balls off. You're not allowed to eat this. You've got to wake up at this time. You've got to go. The rigidity, I, not so much about, I get it. It's a job. Sometimes we do things we don't like to do. I get that. Sure. But the human body, and I'll say this as many times as I can get it across to the listeners, we take a motorcycle, any motorcycle, anywhere, and you grenade the top end. You pull it off. You rebuild it. You grenade your adrenals. I can't reach in and pull your adrenals out and plug you with a new set. If you expose your lungs, you chronically dehydrate, you look at, you have your skin, you have the fascia and the muscles, those should all slide and glide. With proper hydration, they'll slide and glide. If they don't slide and glide because you neglect hydration or you're a perfuse sweater and you're just told grind, 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 grind and don't drink because that's weak, old football mentality, or we're going to punish you by not letting you drink, football mentality. So now what ends up happening The skin sticks to the fascia, the fascia sticks to the muscle. It's no different than me holding your shirt when you're trying to ride your dirt bike. I'm I'm creating internal resistance. Well, what's that do to your core body temperature? Drives it up. What does that do to your endurance? It drives I, it down. That's what I More feel like sweating. when I, when I, when I ride nowadays. That's what I feel like is happening. I feel yeah. like you're grabbing my, sweat, my, my jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go, coach. Which comes back to full circle. Yeah. I'm not telling you to foam roll because I want you to be discomfort in, you know, in a, low, a mode of discomfort. I want you to decrease internal body temperature. I want to decrease friction, which increases speed and endurance. Well, mm. that will resonate with a 9, a 19, a 29-year-old. Don't just say do it. That stuff hurts. Yeah. Mm. So it mm. goes back especially, to especially if you've had like surgery and they're like roll that IT band absolutely out, like, yeah we have a couple scraping devices that we use and even the listener could do it just with some hand lotion and a butter knife turned upside down same thing they were doing when they just threw friction you get the scar tissue warmed up and then you could take your thumbs and start to separate it the scar tissue is inelastic which goes back like we're saying with hip flexors you tear that that hip flexor where the head of the femur comes into the pelvis. All those deep lateral rotators, as those get torn, you lose more and more range of motion. Well, 
you're trying to get the inside leg up. You're trying to push down on the outside peg. Well, you don't have that mobility. Yeah. Yeah. So then you get into a power trip between the quads and the hamstrings. So first we start with hip flexors. Then we look at strength balance between quads and hamstrings. Then you look at the flexibility, strength first, flexibility, flexibility, then strength. They have to be intertwined. But what screws a lot of people up is they go and they hire a strength and conditioning coach. It's never ridden moto. They go to a massage therapist who's never seen a motorcycle. You go to a sports psychologist who doesn't understand what a 40-man gait looks like. You go to a nutritionist. They're they're educated but not giving you that direct advice you need. And then they don't speak to one another, so they're all yinging and yanging against each other. You know, no disrespect to any listener that's a, a, a nutritionist, but being at the Olympic Training Center, you know, they said, don't go and count your grams. Their big thing is, if you're hungry, eat more. If you're not sleeping well, add more fats. If you can't finish a three-hour bike ride, eat more. If you find yourself cramping, drink more. Now we've gotten to a point where, you know, I've, I've hired a full, full-time programmer. We program resources and we distribute them. And I would encourage anyone that's listening to the show, if they email us, we'll, every resource we have is available to anyone who's listening to this show. Whether it's sweat rate, whether it's food logs, whatever, whatever your frustration is, we have a resource. Why? Because I'm not going to hold it back from you. I want more people enjoying riding. I want people training, losing weight, riding. I don't care what you're doing. E-bikes, mountain bikes, quads, side-by-sides, I don't care. We need to be focusing on not trying to keep all of our cards to our chest. There's enough riders in this world for us all to have enough coaches. That's why I started a coaching company. That's why I started to have certified Moto E coaches. That's why I want Moto E facilities because if you come over from South Africa and you've been under my toolage at home, when you come to the goat farm, it's going to be the same exact toolage here. You just have a new riding coach, new facility. You go to Sandbox and you're training with Tishner, which we manage both of those facilities. You're going to be under the same toolage. If you go, we have a couple of places in California we're working on, which we'll share. But cool. it's the idea that you've got to get it at the grassroots level. Anybody who's listening, you don't have to be paying us to get that information. I need you to not be oversweating. Because if you oversweat, then you're chronically dehydrated and then you have all kinds of health issues. Let's- That's on our bucket list every day. Don't sweat so much. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just well, keep it casual. Yeah. I am a, I sweat on relatively cool days. I mean, I sweat like crazy. I yeah. do remember that. And so uh, I've, I've had issues with kidney stones and dehydration and cramps. And, and listen else. to what you're just saying there. We wait until there's a, an, a, a situation. I, I look at it this way. Every, let's start with a cell. Cell makes up a tissue. Tissue makes up a system. Okay. Well, you'll wait until you get kidney stones to go, hey, maybe I have a dehydration issue. You wait till you have severe calf cramps, go, hey, I've got an electrolyte deficiency issue. You know, you wait till your adrenals are roached and you have all these signs of adrenal fatigue. go, hey, so why do we wait until the system becomes diseased and it gets a title when you can go get blood work that shows you're out of range and B6, B12, iron, zinc, whatever it is, and then you just dismiss it. You don't do any. Why would you be out of range in the first place? I think you said something that, that, that just took me back to when I was racing was getting blood work done. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, it's one is well, where, where do I go? Who yeah. do I talk to? What do I ask? What do I, it's hard for someone to walk in and just say, I need blood work to know who I am. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. How, how but it's that simple, there? really. But, but I, I, I've okay. done it. Gone, I'm like, I th- I'd like to do some blood work. And I, yeah. I went to a sports facility in Temecula. And fortunately, quickly, they realized, oh, what I was trying to look mm-hmm. for. And we got it. Um, but you know, even when I was in Florida, leading yeah. to where you talk about motor sandbox and that, I ended yeah. up having to go to urgent care and say, 
I've been doing motos all week. I'm cramping and I'm going to a national tomorrow morning. Like I just need, yep. I just need to IV and just be yep. replenished. And the first time I went in there, I, I, f I felt like I was from another planet, uh -huh. you know, trying to ask these questions because it's not a normal question for someone to walk in and say, Hey, I, I need some random work done on me. Isn't it absolutely amazing with the pandemic that we're dealing with when it all centrally comes back to, if you have a strong enough immune system, I know there's exceptions. People have respiratory issues and stuff like that. But for the 99% of the rest of us, having a strong immune system, again, you can get into the argument about healthcare. We don't do anything proactively. Everything is reaction. We wait yeah. till there's a disease before we address it, which I have a real hard time with that. So to your point, you go in and you ask for blood work. I've had doctors say, we won't do it. And you know, I don't know or, why. Or what's your problem? Or, or well, they thought they were going to get sued. That was what one doctor said. He goes, what are you trying to do, sue me? For what? Because Come if in he says something that all you got to do is find some little loophole that you didn't say this or you didn't do that, and so the doctors are like, "You've got to have a reason why." You come in, say you've got, you know, you can't move your arms. At least they can justify it in a court of law to say we did this because of it's it's, it's absurd, but it's real, and it's frustrating because I like my clients to get blood work done every three months, because if you're as we said earlier, if you're out of range, say B six, B twelve, and iron, there's only three reasons why you'd be out of range. You either not getting enough of the nutrient, mm -hmm. you're burning it faster than you can get it in, or you're not absorbing what you're eating. You get a GI and absorption and all that. But the bottom line is, at three months, we see you're deficient. We know what your training volume looks like. We know what your intensity volume looks like. We have a pretty good idea what your food log looks like. I'm not hyper anal about it, but if we are having an issue, let's just put a little bit of attention to it. Then all of a sudden, after 12 weeks, you've got three rounds of blood work you can see where you found the, the sure. appropriate range. Most physicians won't let you do that. Mm. You got to come in with an issue, a problem, some kind of declaration, and they wonder why we lie. Like you're saying, you needed more sleep. You didn't need a pill. Yeah. In all fairness, I mean, all jokes aside, more sleep and more high-quality fat would have rectified, no pun intended, the issue <laughs> that you were dealing with. Yeah. Erectified. Yeah, exactly. But a doctor isn't going to, and this is no disrespect, I have quite a few doctor clients, it isn't going to make them wealthy sending you home saying sleep more and eat some high quality fat yeah and that's where we get into the other side of the moral dilemma prescribe something that'll that's fix it. it well let's let's take it out of the male context and put it in the female context they go in they have night sweats well immediately they're labeled premenopausal mm -hmm. well if what if you're 27 years old well you need a topical cream you need an injection you need pellets inserted in your ass or you've <laughs> got to have some topical cream instead of saying you need to sleep and eat Eat high-quality fats, sleep more, and we'll talk more about that if you want to go into that as to what and how that works. But that's not sexy and sizzling. They're, you're not going to write a script. You're not going to get a kickback. And we, it's not about being on an agenda. That's just the reality of what we're working with. When this is where it comes back full circle, I cannot tell you how much resistance I get because people go, okay, so what's the catch? You need to eat more. You need to sleep more. You need to pay attention to biofeedback indicators. Well, you've got the watches. You have the data. Well, then we want to somehow poke a hole in the data. Well, I'm not wearing the watch. I can't fabricate it. Yeah. You're wearing the watch. There's no financial gain here. There's a bunch of apps that are out there that you can track your food log on your phone, and they're easy enough. You eat pretty much the same thing every day. You can copy and paste it. So it's not that hard. Where you'll be surprised is start looking at your burn rate and then compare that to what you're taking in. It's like running a motorcycle low on oil. It's a brand new bike. And you go out and you run it with just enough oil to run for an hour, and you run it in the mud, and you run the radiators low, and it looks great, but that system is stressed. 
Mm. Yeah, we've said the same thing. You can build the best race motor ever. If you go put it on pump gas, you're not going to get the most out of it. Isn't that amazing? We'll do all that for a motorcycle, but yet you tell people to eat healthy, and no way I'm out. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I used well, to be on that a little bit. I used to absolutely. be like, oh, man, you're telling me I can't have it, a burger? But it goes back to, and you bring up a good point. There, I want all the listeners to think about this. Do not think about a pink cow with black spots. Don't think about a pink cow with black spots. So as soon as your brain hears don't, it does the exact opposite. I'm just thinking I, about a pink cow. I thought about it. Yeah. I'm like, you mean white cow? So, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. So <laughs> as soon as you say you can't have a burger, you're jonesing for a burger. Why can't you Damn, have a burger? Sounds good. Why can't you? You guys joke about in and out all the time. We don't have them in Florida. You know what? Seriously, why can we not have a burger? Now, I'll grant you the white buns. Hey, in and out is no jo joke, okay? Yeah. No, I've seen them out here. It's in a, it's almost like a cult. I mean, it's amazing. People are, like, obsessed with it. But to me, it's like, if you look at the word don't, and then you take it a step further and go, what's wrong with that burger? That's what I've said before. Yeah. And you were going to say the white bun. Just take the white bun off. You've taken the bad part of the burger off. You got the meat's relatively good. Now, again, but, but when you pay on. 99 cents for a burger, don't tell me that the meat quality's bad. Sure. You paid 99 cents. Yeah. But... If you're if you're an athlete burning a lot of calories, mm -hmm. would you still say rather don't have those that you know from a from white bread don't yeah. have don't have that what do you want to call it bad calories yep. or bad fats? Just use the lettuce, keep it keep it healthy. Exactly. Or, or would you ever say, hey man, if you burn that many calories, it's okay? How, uh, what, what's it's your opinion on that? It's a combination of both. Instead of having the burger with the bun, take sure. the buns off only because there's no nutrient value in it. Don't be slapping you on the hand. Oh, it's white. It's yeah. It has no nutrient value. We went back to the blood results. If it doesn't have the B6 and the B12, which should come from high quality wheats, your B vitamins are your energy vitamins. And we've already seen in your blood results that you're low on B vitamins. Stay away from the white because it's all nutrient depleted. Think about brown rice starts brown. They dehusk it. There's all your nutrient value. So you're left with white rice. Think about the nutrient value just got stripped. But to your point. I totally agree, and we could talk about this. We work with Logan Best with Factory Yamaha. He's a very young man. He's on an 85. In a four, he did four 30-minute sessions, and he burnt almost 3,000 calories. Yeah, I believe it. Okay. So, because at riding, when you're yeah. at that level, I mean, we, the burn you rate's look at unbelievable. It, it's, it's, it's pretty high for, like you said, 30 minutes but at But I want to go least. back to, like you said, have three burgers, sands the bun you've got the lettuce keep the, the tomato the pro, the, the, the good, keep the, the quality good, yeah. don't say no to the burger especially in our sport you guys how many red eyes have you guys had and you run through an airport and the only thing that's opens at mcdonald's yeah hey get a chicken wrap am i sitting here advocating mcdonald's no but i'm saying you just been at the track at glen helen all day you got to do what you got to do you're starving yeah. you're trying to get back to florida you got a red eye like you say don't think about a pink cow so as soon as i start with all these absolutes now it's about me I'm going to keep well, thinking about pink cows from now on. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's why when I see these riding coaches, they're like, don't fall in the first turn. I mean, that's all the kid visualizes is falling. That's why you'll notice when the riders finally do fall, they get up and ride to their potential because the biggest fear is over. They're like, yeah. all right, well, it's on now. What they were afraid of is now materialized. And now you see, so I always say, if we could put in a can that pissed off, I've fallen, I'm going to, I'm going to, run everybody yeah. down. If you could can that and put it in their head in the gate. No well, fears, no consequences, nothing to lose. Start if you by can not, get into that mindset. Start by removing the word don't at the starting gate and watch what happens. And then you look at the burn rate. I'm, with the exception of performance enhancing drugs and illicit drugs, that's the only thing I'll say please refrain from. 
Hmm. My family's been destroyed by drugs. I've got two brothers that will spend the rest of their life in jail because of drugs. I'm just being very honest and transparent. So, yes, I'm adamantly against it because it's ruined my family. But the bottom line in all of this is you have to live in the real world. In-N-Out Burger may be the only thing between the test track and getting back home. Is it the best choice? No, but guess what? We There's don't live options. in a glass house. Yeah. Yes, it is the best choice. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. It is by far the best choice. That's what I've Careful heard. what you say in front of these That's two. what I've heard. You can't, you can't use In-N-Out as a bad analogy. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about another burger place. Yeah. Yeah. But You're that, pissing me off. Go to Whataburger or yeah. White Castle or whatever that other crap but is. It, at least from my understanding yep. is at least when you hear about the sort of In-N-Out way, it's mm-hmm. fresh, never frozen. I always think of... In, in America, especially, it seems like a lot of our food gets tainted Absolutely. with GMOs and preservatives and all this because it's supply and demand. It's mm-hmm. like raise them, kill them. Yep. Everything's in bulk yep. uh, the U.S. way. And, and and like you said, you know, there were times it's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? I, you know, I'm hungry. I, Absolutely. I was on my way home and there was this or that, you know. Like, I always stick and, to the red eyes because you guys, especially outdoors, you have to, you've been up since five in the morning because you, yeah. you, know, you may have come into that era when you already had your motor home there. But when you didn't have a motor home, you drive an hour from the airport. Sure. The IHOP's the only thing open. You're there literally all day long. You're trying to get back home. The airport's pretty much closed down by the time you get there. When I you think, land, like in 01, I think we hit Denny's most mornings before going to the race. It's the only thing open. Uh, well, well, you're in, you know, Binghamton, New York, or yeah, Utica. outside of Binghamton, yeah, yeah, New York, yeah. where there was yeah. nothing. But the absolutes, that's why I always say with my clients, is we don't live in a glass house. You have to learn to work within that. If you have celiac sure. disease, as I said earlier, yeah, you have to be gluten-free. Do we want to get on the subject of bovine hormones if you want to? If, well, we're going to jump into a little bit of that. Uh, let but me, to your point, though, just keep it, keep it simple. Yeah. Well, one thing I remember is um, a friend and one of our business partners in South Africa, he was a, uh, he was a vice world champion in powerlifting. Okay. I mean, strong guy, big weights ate a lot and but after powerlifting taking it serious he started being that big guy that was getting big sure. and he lost weight and i said to him doesn't look like you've cut back on eating and he said you know i remember i used to have like half a chicken and fries he goes now i just have a whole chicken mm-hmm. and he said it made me feel better work out more lose the weight and he goes but i didn't cut back on eating he goes i'll probably eat more now and i'm like huh well, you know, that's actually a good good way to put it. Just take that thread of thought. What was it that he said he ate? More chicken. What yeah. did he cut out? The fries. fries. When you protein eat protein and fats, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're back to proteins and fats. <clears throat> and when you this gets a little bit complicated, but I think the listeners can follow. When you eat a complex carbohydrate, very simple, fruit and a vegetable. Just keep it that simple. Okay. You eat a fruit and a vegetable, your body converts that to stored sugar known as glycogen. Your liver feeds your brain. Your muscles feed your activity. So glycogen, excuse me, glycogen gets converted from a fruit or a vegetable into stored sugar known as glycogen. Well, as part of that conversion process, your body will store 2.8 grams of water to store one gram of carbohydrate. So now you take the, the junk, you get away from the french fries, well now you're going to lose that water weight. That's why some of these zones and Atkins and South Beach, that's the trick they don't want to tell you. We'll guarantee you're going to lose 10 pounds in the first week. It's all water weight. Yeah. If you don't eat a carb, you don't retain water, you're down. I can get in the down. sauna and lose five pounds in an hour. Amen. I always say that. <laughs> I, I lose I, two I, pounds every morning after <laughs> yeah, coffee. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks to fire department. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so good, you'll poop twice. That's Maybe right. Maybe three times. <laughs> and when you put those two together, a little bit of knowledge goes a long way. So when 
For example, what I don't ever want to see somebody doing is walking around with a gallon jug of water at the races, or even in day. As a general rule of thumb, take your body weight, divide it by two, and that's how many ounces of water you should consume over a 10-hour period. I'm using that loosely, 8, 10, 12 hours, okay? Okay. Hmm. Then you have to figure out what your sweat rate is. As you said, you're a profuse sweater. Now you know what you need to sustain life. Now you know what you need to do from a replenishment standpoint. So now when you weigh yourself in the morning, we're weighing you from an inflammation and swelling standpoint, either from the food you've eaten or from the exercise. And your evening weight, we're actually measuring hydration levels. Did you consume enough water for your basal metabolic needs? And did you offset enough that you lost through sweating? You put those two together, now you start to bring some understanding to, wait, if I eat fruits and vegetables and I retain water, when I go ride tomorrow, I'm already prehydrated. I don't need to be walking around with a gallon of water. If you start trying to down that excessive amount of water, you dilute sodium, you create a condition known as hyponatremia, and it can kill you. Where if you just eat fruits and vegetables on a daily basis, in balance, don't have to be extreme about it, just snack on fruits and vegetables. You're going to get a natural water retention. Fruits and vegetables are high in vitamins and minerals. They're catalysts for energy. Those interact with macronutrients, carbs, protein, and fat. You're now an expert in nutrition. Well, <laughs> now what I would say is... It's crazy. Dumb that down for someone like myself that would be listening. Yeah. That goes, okay, we've talked about doing this. So I'm going to go to the track. Mm -hmm. What should I slice up and take with me and Excellent how much? Excellent question. Walk in the grocery store. Okay. Shop the perimeter. Walk out. Okay. Eat whatever, whatever you looks want good out there. of there. Exactly. Okay. And if you're hungry, eat more. And our goal is, and not to sound sarcastic when I say this, I never want you to become hungry. Yeah. Because once your blood sugar drops, you're going to start missing your marks on the track. You'll start missing your timing. It just becomes harder to ride. I don't care if you're sure. out in the bush, like some of your videos, you're just flying through there. I like some of the drone footage. You're flying. That's not a place to have low blood sugar. You miscalculate something at 50 miles an hour. Yeah. You yeah. could be trouble. But... I always want you to eat every two hours and eat before you get hungry. So the general rule of thumb is if you've become hungry within that two-hour window, look back at what you ate and just add more to it. Instead of one apple, add two apples. Instead of one scoop of almond butter, do two scoops. Till you find that satiated point where you never allow yourself to get hungry. To the listeners behind the scene, you're stabilizing blood sugar. Think about when we were in school. We didn't go to school and run and lift for eight, nine hours a day. We came home and we're like Tasmanian devils. We just want to raid that yeah. pantry. That's low blood sugar. That's where you become hangry. You're so angry because yep. you're hungry. Well, what is the food choice? Drive in versus you have a cooler with already pre-cut fruits, vegetables, blue cheese. Uh, maybe you cooked up some chicken breasts the night before. Maybe you made some wraps. It's in a cooler. Just grab it. Mm. You don't have people going to drive through because they don't want, they don't care. It's usually convenience. What's your, what's your take on dairy? Uh, this is something that I'm still confused about right now. Mm -hmm. Is it good? Is it bad? Should I it's, stay away from cheese? It's eat the, yogurt? It's the yogurt? same thing with meat in general. If you, the, the dairy gets a lot of bad rap because of the bovine hormones, like you're saying, just pump them, pump them, and, and yeah. extract what you can. Go organic. And I'm not a, again, I'm not a hellfire brimstone guy. I don't buy organic because I can't source it. I can't find it. Now, I'll go to the grocery store and get something like a stony field or something like that, uh, brown cows, another one that is organic. That's the best I can do. Yeah. Now, if I eat it, I get excessive gas or I get other GI gastrointestinal issues, then dairy is not for me. Mm. But to answer your question, go to the highest quality you can, which is going to hopefully be bovine free, and then see how your body reacts to sure. it. Unless you're lactose intolerant. You shouldn't have any problem with dairy. Now, there'll be a certain listener out there that's going to say, I got off dairy and my life changed. Yeah. Awesome. Good for you. 
But it's, I know people that stopped f- eating meat and they say their lives changed. Well, I know I saw, people that got back on meat and their life changed. Joe Rogan, people. did you see Joe Rogan ate only meat for two months and he said he felt great. He loved it. Well, and then I haven't seen that, but to that to that comment, there'll be people that will be educated enough to go, yes, but meat's highly acidic in nature. I agree. It is. So when you're looking at the alkalinity and the pH balance in the blood, once you get to a high acidic level, you you have essentially blood that's not very healthy. Let's leave it in generic terms. Well, fruits and vegetables offset the acidity of fruit of the meat. So it becomes back to, and I do not want this to sound cynical. Keep it simple. Yeah. Walk in the store, shop the perimeter, and walk out, and you're going to have pH, alkalinity, bovine-free, whatever well, the heck I, you want to go for. I mean, for. I, I think I'm like probably a lot of people. I, I do enjoy apples, bananas. Mm-hmm. I Help me out. It's yep. strawberry... I, my girlfriend said strawberries for the size have more potassium than banana. Same, size. same with the kiwi. Well, yep. kiwis are a little harder to find yep, on average. Exactly. Yep. But, you know, strawberries, bananas, mm-hmm. apples, that stuff's pretty normal. Is there something that you would suggest that might be in a store that people don't think of or graze by? I, I think walk the perimeter. What's there is there, you know, if it's in season. And to, to drive that point home, yeah. the perimeter, the reason you're saying that, everything that's got preservatives in it that can sit on the shelf for a long time is stuck in the middle of the store. No exaggeration. If it's in a bar, if it's in a bag, a box or a can, it has a preservative because that's the only way it becomes sh- uh, shelf stable. So if they spraying water on it, it's a good sign. Yes. Cool. Cause <laughs> and, that's where I usually try and grab yeah, from. And exactly. And again, people that are listening will go, Oh yeah, but those apples are gassed and this is good. You're right. I don't live in a glass house. No. I don't have an apple tree in my backyard. What's the option? Exactly. Yeah. You're either not going to eat apples at all, or you're going to grow them in your backyard. Well, I don't have time to be a full-time farmer, so I'm going to kind of find the middle ground. I've been working on that, on this home alone thing. So, <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> I planted six fruit trees. That's awesome. Hey, yeah. I, I, it, it, totally random. Yeah. I was, I, I don't know what made me look, I, I just boredom. <laughs> my my girl, girlfriend got furloughed. I know she's upset. and Technically, I think I'm furloughed from my own company, but we've been at home quite a bit. I just got told, you come to work, and but you're not going to get paid. There you go. Like, All right. Yep. But That's what happens when your name's on the outside on the of the building, building somewhere. Yeah, yep. exactly. But, you know, we were staying, um, and we, we were just looking up, and, and I was looking at the stock market, and they said the top five craziest things that people are buying while they were stuck at home. And, you know, the number one was fruit and vegetable seeds. Mm-hmm. It was Amazon's number one trendiest selling item i was like huh that's i think that's a yeah, good sign absolutely you know you talk about the silver lining coming that was out of the this. pink cow black spot so you went and bought seeds with trees, <laughs> didn't you? i already did no i, I i'm more like donnie i want instant gratification i bought <laughs> trees that were already had the fruit falling off so when that's i planted it. all the fruit fell off the squirrels got were happy yeah they, they yes. ran and grabbed everything they were cleanup crew and now i'm like all right Guys, I swear we're gonna have we're gonna have an orange pretty soon. Right. Just trust me, it's com- it's coming, dude. If I planted a, a fruit tree, it would have to be dropped in by a crane. Yeah. Oh yeah, fully loaded. Fully tree. loaded. The apples on it, everything ready to go. Some PDs Just ready to go. Right the there, right there, it'd be going right in there. But the key is, I don't want people to take it out of context. I mean, if we just drove four thousand miles to get here, all right? Am I going to tell you that I didn't eat something out of a bag? You know, yeah. we had chocolate-covered almonds. It was, our, it was our treat. We've been isolating ourselves. We've been on the road now for almost, a, almost 10 days. I wasn't going to fly in an airplane to get out here to see you guys. So we got in a car, and we literally isolated ourselves. We've been sleeping on a mattress in the truck, and we've been eating out of a cooler. 
that's my me trying to be socially responsible, blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is, is I'm not going to sit here and say I live in a glass house. We had chocolate-covered almonds that came out. Um, try that, to think. That's a nice little cheat snack, whatever you want to call it. It's an almond, so it's as good as it's going to get. But yes, is there going to be a preservative? All you got to do is look at the label by law. All you got to do yeah, is they again, have to put it. You, they have to put it, and if you can't pronounce it, it's probably a chemical. So it's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my point is, I don't want any listeners to go, "Oh, Rob's high on himself." You know, he sits on a high horse. Heck, no, man. I drink beer. I love donuts. I eat white spaghetti. You know, but we can get into glyce- yeah. We can <laughs> we can get into glycemic index, but I'm not going to eat brown spaghetti. That's like tree bark, and I certainly wouldn't yeah. ask my athletes to do it. <laughs> well, and we've tried like. Um, spaghetti squash mm-hmm. and i've tried the cauliflower mashed potatoes and shit it's like oh, god yeah. dang it it's just not you know what same. just give me the mashed potatoes with the damn butter yes and i'll eat cleaner tomorrow like nope. if you're gonna splurge nope. like splurge stick with what you just said when you Leave put it. the butter on the potato you pull down the sugar content of that potato so my point is like when i'm eating spaghetti i'll use less white spaghetti and i'll do predominantly We'll usually do like ground Angus, and then we'll do some uh, stir-fried vegetables in there. So the spaghetti sauce made with good high-quality meat and sautéed vegetables sits on top with this little bit below. So I get get my fix, Mm -hmm. but the glycemic index, a result of that is there's so much protein in vegetable, the sugar content, it's just like mixing two-stroke oil. You know, it's all a concentration in your gut. Now, if you just did nothing but eat the white pasta, your glycemic index is going to go up. I don't mean to confuse people, but when you when you eat something, your body, your pancreas releases sugar to try to help you absorb the sugar that you've eaten. So a diabetic doesn't produce the insulin, so they have to have an insulin pump to be able to absorb the carbohydrates they eat. If they start to go down, that's why you give more orange juice. Well, oh, my dad's a diabetic. Okay, and and, and is he? Yeah, type one but or type two? Does he have a pump? Type two, I'm sure. Yeah, type two. Well. But now, there's times I'll be talking to him, and I can see, mm-hmm. like, we, we work in the garage Glossy the other day, eyed, yep. and, and he's like, and then he, like, puts his arm on me, and I'm like, you don't look good. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and, and he had a sugar crash. Yes. And I had to go get him a chocolate bar. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he sat there, and he looked at him, I'm like, are you okay? You sure? He's like, yeah, 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 just, just I had a sugar crash, because he's trying to control it, and then we get carried away, he didn't yep. eat, he didn't have something, and then... And that's what drives me nuts. Here we are, we have pancreases that do what we're supposed to do, and we abuse the shit out of them. But you get somebody whose body sure. doesn't produce it. Now there's a heightened sense of awareness, and you don't miss that window where you have that yeah. episode every time. Now think about eraser. You're sitting on the starting line. You're sucking blood sugar down like there's no other. There's new apps now on your phone where you can literally see your rider sitting on the gate, and you can see what his blood sugar is at that moment. Is that right? Yeah. It's pretty spectacular. How? Through a watch? Sitting on an app on your phone because he's got his pump. Oh, oh, oh. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's miraculous, but we just take it for granted. Our body adapts, it overcomes, which adds more danger to what we do because you run a motorcycle out of oil, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. You run your body low on something, the body's been created in a way that it will continue to adapt. It'll continue to adapt until it can't anymore. Usually that's when we get a disease. Mm-hmm. So your, your adrenals, they're just pumping, they're doing everything we can. Adrenals are nothing more than your fight or flight. They're your coping yeah. system. That, if that's sitting there redlining for 12, 15 hours a day, eventually that system gets tired. And, and that's, that's what we love about motocross is that adrenaline rush. Absolutely. Right? So it's, we abuse those just being riders. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you're riding a local track where you come up to that big jump right. and it's like, oh, you know, you get yeah. that rush. 
lap after lap after lap, weekend after weekend. But look at what you've got. You've got two little girls at home. You've got a career. You, I always look at life in four quadrants. You got your personal, your professional, your financial, and your athletic. Those four quadrants can add up to more than 100% of stress. So if one quadrant all of a sudden takes over more, you get, we get laid off. Well, now your fear for finances commandeers a majority of your attention. And then you're Stress not sleeping up. as well, then which you're means you're not recovered. And your and adrenals are going until it's wide open and it can't, it can't cope anymore. So then you start getting some external signs, low sex drive, craving simple sugars. And we, we dismiss them. We make excuses for them. If you don't have a sex drive, it's because you're not 20. If you have night sweats, it's because you're premenopausal. Mm-hmm. If you can't sleep, you're overthinking something. If you're craving simple sugars, you've got a sweet tooth. When your body's like, how many more red signs do I need to give you? And then when you're craving simple sugars, I know this isn't very fun, you don't need to give it sugar. You need to give it high-quality fats. So going into eating an avocado, some coconut, extra virgin olive oil. Is there another reason for craving simple sugars or having night sweats? Is there any other explanation for it? There can always be. I crave simple sugar like every night after dinner. Well, every night. That's okay. I would kill a man for a scoop of ice cream All right, now at there, about there's, 8.30. There's the difference. If you desire it, I mean, I love donuts, but I'm not going to hurt you for a donut. If you want to <laughs> hurt somebody for that ice cream. I'm exaggerating. No, no, no. There's people, I mean, if you, you watch some people who have adrenal fatigue, they're like on crack. Yeah, like sure. If they, they are so looking for that sugar. My children. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that we have to look at as athletes. And we're looking at, let's take it when you guys were racing pro and everything that you're doing, it's just another dynamic of frustration. But I've got to train. I've got to cross train. I've got to get seat time. I've got to test. I've got to do autograph sessions. I've got to travel. I've got to race. I've got to do media day. Your your requirements on a 24-hour period, seven days a week, 365, you're only human. And we, But that's where it's dangerous in the motorcycle world because while that bike is running into issues, somebody else is rebuilding another one. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, your body, your body is starting to show signs. What do you do? You just make an excuse for it. You just keep pushing harder and harder. Well, eventually you can't push any longer. And I've seen this happen several times where you get to the tail end of a one year of a two year deal, panic mode settles in. Instead of pulling back, they pull, they push harder. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to perform. I got to perform because everything hinges on it. Yes. And then they overbake themselves. And then I'm not going to name any names, but we all know some professionals whose careers were cut short because they were diagnosed with chronic fatigue or Epstein-Barr and they couldn't even fulfill the second year deal. Mm-hmm. Not that the contract was pulled. Their doctor said, you don't have enough energy to walk across the room. And if you know somebody who's had true Epstein-Barr, and our industry has had a tendency to kind of spin this description a little bit, that's not yeah, something you overcome in three months. It, yeah. It, we've, we've talked about this a little bit where, it, where you hear about it and you're like, I believe that there's some truth and there's um, some explanation but like you said, sometimes when someone's like, oh, man, I'm just tired, mm-hmm. you must have it. Yep, I've got that. Exactly. Self-diagnosed. Well, and yep. is there levels too? Like I always hear people go, oh, he had heat stroke. No, he didn't have heat stroke. Maybe he had heat exhaustion. Yeah. And there's a huge difference Absolutely. between the two. Or maybe he was just hot. Yep. So is it the same thing with, you know, here's Epstein-Barr and then chronic fatigue is maybe a less, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just spitballing here. It's a little less serious. And then there's just adrenal fatigue that would become after that or something. There's definitely like, hierarchies with that. But I want to go a little bit deeper than what you just said. When somebody comes to me and they're complaining that they're low on energy, first thing I say is, when's the last time you had red meat? Now, I know there's some strict vegetarians that may not like my comment on that, but this, please 
sometimes I get accused of being highly technical, but the reason why we got to get into the technical aspects is because there's a high level of frustration and nobody's told them what's going on. Well, explain the why. Again, this is... That's exactly it. So when you look at the blood and you look at blood chemistry, when you look at the iron content of the blood, the iron is a precursor to hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is a carrier of oxygen in the blood. So when you say that a female is on her menstrual cycle and is anemic, you're essentially saying she has low red blood cell count. I'm anemic. Yeah. So when you have somebody that's an elite athlete who already has anemia, and then you add training, every time your foot hits the ground, you break down red blood cells. Well, now you're training 10 hours off the bike. You're on the bike for 10 hours. You're traveling. Stress. I want to go back to now someone's telling me that they're tired. Great. Eat some more red meat. Get the iron content in the blood, which increases the hemoglobin, which increases the oxygen. They're like, wow, I feel like a million dollars. Isn't shrimp really high in iron as well? I've heard there's some conflicts, but I would say yes. As a general rule of thumb, I would say yes. Red meat does for sure. I mean, I know, I I remember having a doctor Mm -hmm. say you could do with some more red meat. And it's funny, I've physically craved Mm -hmm. red meat through my racing career. That and pasta. Yes. Because of the carbs. Carbs, absolutely. Um, Now that I'm out of shape and all that, I'm like you. I like my sugars (laughs) in the evening. Yeah. But... If you also go, look, and maybe it's me, but I think most people, it should be the same. You, you, don't, you, you don't give in three nights in a row. Mm-hmm. On night four, you're not craving those sugars at mm-hmm. night either. So to me, it's also mm-hmm. that, that, that habitual type thing where it's like, yep. I mean, I hate to say it, but for me, it's like, oh, yep, done. time for a drink. Dish, <laughs> dinner dishes are done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yep. What are we having for dessert? No, no, we're yeah, thinking yeah. about dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's and, the same well, thing. I think another thing that I do is, um, which kind of, we've been working a little bit together in this program. And I've, like you said, we eat every two hours. I realize I go, I've been doing sort of the intermittent fasting just because it suits my lifestyle a little bit better. So I don't eat till noon or one mm-hmm. if my workout goes long. And then I don't eat again till dinner. Mm-hmm. So I'm only eating two meals during the day. And I just don't think I'm getting enough calories. So at the end of the night, I'm still hungry. I'm still craving something. Well, actually reverse that a little bit. If I take a motor and I run it with just enough oil to get through, I've stressed the system. This is where intermittent fasting has been, fasting has been taken out of context. You can sit with a textbook explanation and say you're going to go into a state of ketosis and all sorts of stuff. Totally agree with it. But I'm not going to ask somebody to put their body into a state of ketosis when they're already overstressed, overfatigued, and then we're adding... Because remember... You, your body can't differentiate stress. You and Amber could get in a fight, that's stress. You could have an issue at the fire station, that's stress. You could find out you got a $25,000 tax bill, that could be stress. Now you're going to throw dehydration and now caloric restriction. Think about it this way. Sleep quality is driven by satiating hunger. If you go to bed hungry, hierarchy of needs are like, we don't care you sleep, mm. we're hungry. So you stare at the ceiling fan. So food before sleep increases the quality of the sleep. Sleep is where the body rejuvenates itself at a hormonal level. The problem is now you've gone to bed at 9 o'clock or your last meal is at, say, at 9. You're not eating until 1 o'clock the next day. You just added another level of stress on a system that's already stressed out. Mm-hmm. Now you've got the adrenals overworking. When the adrenals overwork, they produce a hormone known as cortisol. Cortisol is a fat magnet. When you almost get in a car wreck and you get that flushed feeling, That's cortisol being dumped into your body. Well, cortisol in its natural state is part of your circadian rhythm. When you get towards the end of the day, your cortisol level should be at its lowest, which allows you to fall asleep. As you go through your night, your cortisol level should rise, and that's that's what arouses you. 
if that, that's why firefighters, police officers and all that, that gets out of wink. It gets out of sync. And once that gets out of sync, that's why weight gain is such an issue because cortisol levels are being produced excessively and cortisol could be a fat magnet. So you factor all these in, you're doing intermittent fasting and stressing a stress system and gaining weight going, what the hell? Mm. Because it's a stress system. They used to do that at medic school. We had, we called stand and deliver, you know, be studying whatever topic, cardiology or phys, you know, whatever it was. And they would, You'd have to stand in front of the classroom. They'd ask you a question. You had to answer it. Mm. And if you didn't know it, that feeling, like you're talking about, you just get hot. And you're, uh, you're yeah. like, ah, that feeling's cortisol. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And, and when, you, when you put that collectively. It's a terrible feeling. Well, think about any kind of a motorcycle. You wouldn't do that chronically to a motorcycle and go, hey, I've excessively fatigued this bike. This bike's great. Let's take this, you know, go, let's go. It's ready to line up for <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go to Hangtown or A1 or something. To hell, but yeah. I promise you she's reliable. It looks good. Yeah. It's got some BNG on it. We're ready to go. And that's the problem where I become a little bit of a frustration for people because they're like, you're overthinking. I'm like, no, you came to me saying X. I can't get an erection in the morning. Besides the sensitivity of the subject, there's an explanation why. You just don't want to listen to the why. Mm. Because now the cool thing is intermittent fasting. The cool thing is CrossFit or HIT training, high interval intensity training. I'm not bashing it as it... On paper, yes, I, I totally understand the physiology that's behind HIT training, but I've yet to have somebody that eats enough and sleeps enough to be able to handle that. Show me one person that's done CrossFit that's been doing it for 10 plus years. It's I did fad. it for six and fell apart, and I loved it. I still love it. I wish I could still do it, but I... Yeah, I know I, people that are into it. Tight hips, tight shoulders. But the problem is the same thing. I... I, I got to see it a couple times and actually kind of participated. <laughs> but I was like, because I knew half, I'm like, I won't be able to walk tomorrow. I, have, I, like, I, I just haven't used those muscles in a while. And, and, and to take someone, you know, I'm a bigger guy, yep. but to take me and just go and do all these different motions and then go, you're going to feel great. I can look them in the eye and say, I won't, mm -hmm. I will be in pain and I'll be MFing you first thing in the morning. Yep. So but nobody's been able to either because I've not met one person. And I, I, again, showing my age, I've been doing this for 37 years. If you go backwards from now, you have high intensity interval training. Before that, you had P90 and insanity. Before that, you had super slow. And before that, you had super setting. And go back, I graduated from high school in 86. So let's go back to 86. I've had the same functional movements for the last 35 years. And I've had no attrition rate. I'm not saying I'm super smart. I'm just saying the human body can only handle certain parameters, and you have to work in those parameters. Sure. If you're working a 100-hour work week, it's probably not a good time to decide you're going to try to go race Baja 1000. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. And you're probably not going to do it for very long no, either. That's right. And then we get into some other psychological aspects where exercise has been used as punishment for the guilt associated with food choices. That opens up another Pandora's box of issues, female and male, particularly female. Sure. It's a big challenge. It. That's, for me, I think uh, from being done with racing, I've tried to sort of reincorporate some training and some working out to enjoy it. Yes. And not have it have that, uh, uh, I hate, like a gym session. Look at, look at both like, of I your start, professional I started careers. resenting, I, like I hate gyms. Absolutely. But I was just going to say, why do you hate the gym? Look at your amateur. I walk up to the a gym and I just, I have all these memories of, mm -hmm. I didn't want to be there. I had mm -hmm. to go there to be 
the athlete I was. There's the key word. Now I'm, trying to. To, now I'm trying to retrain myself like it's a good thing. Yes. We should be happy to be here. And listen to the word that you used, had to do it. Instead of somebody explaining to you the benefits of going there and how to make your job easier and not go in there and just grind you and smash you because then it becomes about me again. Yeah. I need you to come out of there knowing you could have done one more set and chose not to. You could have ridden one more mile and chose not to. You could have done one more 20-minute moto, but chose not to. You leave the track like that every time, your body remembers the last thing you did. Every time you finish a workout smashed, your body's more and more resentful. This sounds like psychobabble. I've seen it firsthand. Mm, that makes the, sense. <laughs> the body remembers the last thing you did. So when you and I are out riding our bike, I'd like to pick up the pace a little bit because your body's going to remember that last 18 miles an hour versus 15, whatever your number is. But if you finish the set... And you know you could have done 100 and you did 80 and it feels good. Your body comes out going, cool, that feels good. To your point, you walk up with that blood pressure going, this sucks. Yeah. Because that's what you remember it as. Because your trainer's like, boy, y'all, we're going to kill it. Got to be strong, man. Got to lose He's doing it. Got to do this. He's that. doing yeah, it. Like, yeah. Screw that. That's not what I need. That's where we go back to biofeedback. You do needs assessment. What are we training for? What are our limitations that are keeping us from where you want to be and where you're at? Let's put a... Realistic, systematic, simple, sustainable system. Not trying to use a bunch of cliches, but you're here. You want to be here. You're here. Here's what's limiting us, which is standing. Those are your frustrations. The standing goals are useless. I want to be number one. Everybody does. What's keeping you from being number one? Bad well, starts. Lack bad of talent. Fitness. Not a good ride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Out of shape. Frustration. Terrible at starts. Yeah. Jumping sucks. Yep. Corner speed is down. There you go. Yeah. But let's go play in the dunes. Versus go, let's just work right-handers because we've sucked in right-handers for forever. And you take it apart, but keep it fun. You don't go out there and just make it misery. Go out and have fun and get better. You can't be lazy and avoid the hard work, but I think hard work... Understand why you're doing the hard work. Yeah. I've said this before, and I've seen it around other athletes um, that were maybe same age, same team, whatever. But they were just guys that kind of needed to go to the gym, Mm -hmm. and they just... They battle to put on mass or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever they were looking for. You know, we're going back to no one had a real plan. It was just, I need to get bigger. For me, um, I, I never, ever said I got to get bigger. <laughs> I've always, I mean, I don't lift weights now, but I think just when I ride, Thick, do stuff, yep. I have that ability. For me, it's it's been, like I said, getting my heart rate up without tanking too soon, meaning hitting that arm pump. Absolutely. And that, that said, if I could get through those first five, ten minutes of an outdoor moto, find my rhythm, mm-hmm. I was usually really good. You know? Yep. But the first five minutes was my issue, whereas I felt like I could talk to the other guys on my team. They're like, oh, no, the last five minutes is my issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you, you know. take someone like that, you're a diesel engine. You come on. So, I so agree with that. We need to do a longer warm-up before you go to the starting line. So your body thinks after a 20, 30-minute warm-up, and I'll have listeners will go, holy cow, he thinks he needs to warm up for 30 minutes to do a 30-minute moto? No, your body showed us that you're a diesel engine. Why do you watch the Tour de France? They're going to go do a 40K time trial, and they ride their bike on a stationary trainer for three hours beforehand. I, I still remember watching Lance Armstrong do that, and I was just like, I said to my dad, like, dude, what's he doing? He's going to wear himself out. He's sweating. That's what I was saying earlier, that our sport thinks it's immune to the principles of physiology. It's okay for the Tour de France, but you can't do that in the motocross because then you're considered an idiot. Because you wore the rider out. Well, if I can't get you to do a 30-minute warm-up and you got to go run 230s with one-hour break, I have failed you as a physiologist because preseason, we knew in May, we're going to go do 230s plus two with a one-hour break. It becomes about the trainer, and that's the fall part. What what makes motocross unique from a physiological standpoint from other sports, would you say? 
the, the, the most difficult one is think about any other sport. Let's take cycling, for example, road cycling. Can you imagine going down the road with a full face helmet and every square inch of your body covered in gear? But yet we go out, because you got to remember, water, sweat, water will not evaporate in a moist environment. So when your sweat hits the skin and it hits a high humid environment, most outdoor nationals, the, the ability to get rid of internal core heat, the exothermic process, is limited. Mm-hmm. Well, then we throw a jersey in between there. Then we throw a helmet on top of it, which are the two places, your feet and your head, where you release the most greatest amount of heat. We've got those encapsulated. Then we throw goggles. Then we throw jerseys and pants on. Then we just jump on a bike that's 900 degrees. And let's go race in 100-degree weather, and let's do it for 30-plus minutes. And let's give ourselves an hour break and do it again. And we'll come back next week and start over. <laughs> and by the way, see you Tuesday at the test track to do your 230s. Our sport's very difficult because when, when we look at our professional triathletes that do Ironman Hawaii, that is one race. That's for all the marbles. It's first or second weekend. It's usually the first full moon in October in Hawaii. Those guys may only peak twice the entire year. Can you imagine the fitness level you can yeah. build over a six-month period peak? recover for four weeks and then do another five-month build and then peak again, you're doing that peak in a seven-day period for 17 consecutive weekends indoors and, what is it, 16? 12 outdoors. 12 outdoors over, what, 13 weekends? 24 motos. There's no other sport like it. Hmm. And it's difficult because you have high intensity. You Usually when you look at Yeah, you must have a bit of everything in there. Absolutely, because if you look at, go back to Usain Bolt, he's got to run 100 meters. But he only has to run 100 meters, and he's hauling ass. And then you've got somebody that runs a marathon. For you and I, you know, they're about to break the two-hour mar- barrier. That's fast, but it's still slower than what Usain Bolt's running. So if you look at the inverse relationship between intensity and duration, track and field has its own, cycling has its own, mountain biking, triathlon has its own. You go to moto, yes, you could say outdoors versus GNCC. Okay, great. Three hours versus an hour cumulatively, collectively. Well, it's still completely different physiology. Yeah. So, and I will argue this with anybody who wants to sit down and and discuss, not argue, discuss. These professional motocross racers are not racing at 97% of maximum heart rate. It's physiologically not sustainable. So I don't care if you want to zero in, as we've seen people do, take a picture of, I think it was Roxanne, getting his heart rate monitor, and it's like, oh, look, it's at 203 or something. I hit 204 at the test track before. Yeah. And if you look at, on what? Was it a six-lap moto? Was it a two-lap sprint? What was it? It was a two-lap sprint again and again, everything I had, like everything. And so that falls right into the shorter the duration, the higher the intensity. You certainly couldn't hold that intensity for a 30-minute plus two. No. That's another challenge of our sport. When you look it at... It felt like my muscles I were bet. almost expanding too quick too soon. Absolutely. You almost feel like when you stop, you're like... Mm-hmm. You're You almost up. feel like you're swelled up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the accumulation of lactic acid. And you feel it. You know, because it burns like a mother. And the idea here is, if you think about a triathlete, like, uh, for those that don't know, an Ironman is a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and a marathon run. We don't, with our pros, we don't pick the pace up until we're on the way back from Javi. So you're about 45, 50 miles in. We've got about 80 miles left to go. Food's more complex on the way out because the heart rate is low. There's an inverse relationship between intensity and food complexity. So on the way out, we know we've got to get calories. So we're loading them up. But then when we turn around at Javi, we start going to more of a liquid diet, and the run is we're nothing burning but liquid. down now. Yeah. Now it goes because the intensity on the run is going to go up because you're using more collective it's muscle. It's almost, like, almost like your fuel tank. It's exactly you had enough like fuel 
for the trip. That's right. But the key is, as you bring the intensity up, the complexity of the food source has to come down. That's why energy gels have become so popular. But I'm looking at balancing an eight-hour and five-minute race. I'm looking at ba balancing a sub-eight-hour race. Nutrition and intensity has to fluctuate. Your gait drops. You're not like, oh, I think I'll hang out here at 60% yeah. until the 15-minute <laughs> mark, and then I'll light it up. Then you won't qualify. <laughs> That's right. It's finding that balance where you know that you can hold that sub-maximal effort. I'm not going to use a number and a percentage because it's so subjective. Yeah. I just know that if I have you at, I'm going to use a loose number, 187, I know you can hold that for an hour. But I take you to 189, you can't last three minutes. Well, that's our threshold. That's where we've got. Now, our goal is to push that push threshold that, yeah. up. That's where fitness and periodization comes in. That's where the science comes in and people plug their ears and go, it's too much. I, the thing that I, I think is hard to quantify, too, is, is the, um, the dexterity required. You're using both feet, both hands, balance, every single part of your body to, to balance a maneuver. Strength, cardio, intensity. And then you're also balancing in your head the consequences of something going wrong. Yes. Or I don't think, there's very few sports that, that have that well, built in. Maybe bull riding. I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, that's so intense that you think about it. I'm being sarcastic when I say that. I, I can't think of one. They don't have the endurance. Not at all. Well, downhill mountain biking, but those are, again, short little runs like bull riding. Relatively speaking, yeah. I mean, what's a downhill run? Let's say four minutes. I don't know what, like, I'm thinking, yeah, of, I'm thinking yeah. about like Rampage. Depends. You know, Rampage is pretty damn intense, and I think that's a couple minutes long. I think that's more because they're holding their breath. <laughs> I would think so, yeah. <laughs> Butt pucker. But, but yeah. I agree 100%. And when you add the inability to get rid of internal core body heat, that adds a complication, adds more stress to a system. The fact that you can't wick away the sweat adds more stress to the system. Your processing speed mm. goes up, which means, remember what I said, your liver feeds your brain. So the faster the processing speed, the faster the liver depletes. Well, once you start to hit low, that's when you start seeing people lose timing, like we, or excuse me, miss their marks and miss timing. You said earlier, you flow early and you hit your marks. Oh, it's an easy moto. Oh, yeah. You start early facing everything, it's a long moto. It's a long moto, yeah. Because you're just depleting more and more and more. So when you look at those demands, you've got that inverse relationship, especially, and I'm not going to say this out of, I hope the listener will understand, I'm not saying this disrespectfully. Any pro rider I ever work with, we never train for Supercross. We're always getting ready for May. Because if I can get you to get ready for two 30-minute motos outdoors, I damn sure can get you to go 18 minutes fast when it's 72 degrees in the evening for one moto. Sorry. No disrespect to Supercross. It's different. It's 100% different. It's so much smoother. I, you know? I had the problem, I think, from, honestly, for me in the beginning, 230 plus twos, I would have said, I've got that. Mm -hmm. But a 15-minute, well, our main events were 15 laps. We yeah, were doing less than a minute. Yep. Yeah, it, it was 14 13, minutes, 13, 13, 13 and a half minutes at times. There were times, four, three, four minutes into it, I was like, struggling yes and it was like you said you just kind of hit a wall mm -hmm. and it was i wasn't sure at the time i always knew it was something like my heart rate exploded too quickly too soon maybe i didn't warm up but, but and then it's the worst thing you're five minutes into it and you just can't move can't hold on can't breathe and it's it's like just that ongoing battle it's, it's that warm-up what people don't realize is there's a metabolic benefit to a warm-up you get something called the lactic acid shuffle moving. When you get start to exercise, as we're sitting right here, we're, our bodies are producing lactic acid. Lactic acid is nothing more than the byproduct of converting stored sugar into energy. The higher your heart rate goes... Say that one more time. Yes, sir. Remember how we talked about glycogen as stored sugar yep. from complex carbs? Your body produces lactic acid. As it starts to burn collectively more 
sugar okay. you're rolling the throttle on yep. the accumulation that's what, the exhaust basically it, yeah exactly okay so the hydrogen ion that's released as part of the lactic acid process that is acidic by nature and that's where we get the word lactic acid okay. so as you bring the heart rate up you start to produce more lactic acid to the point that your body can't get rid of it quickly enough so you have a lactate threshold yeah that's where your threshold comes in now you can build, you can increase your threshold by increasing the capillary beds in the muscle. You do that by doing low intensity training. That's where periodization comes in. That's your preseason work where you're doing long work at low intensity. Yeah. Base training is a lot Base of people training, call it. Yes. Yeah. Base training is about getting the capillary beds in the muscle tissue because those are the channels to get oxygen in and lactic acid out. So when it comes time to hauling the mail, you want to have the biggest exhaust pipe in those as you can to get that junk, that metabolic so it's basically byproduct. like having a five-lane highway. That's right. You need it both ways. Well, if you have a, uh, I love old school, if you take an old KX500 and you put an 85 pipe on it, it's producing a lot of power, but it can't get rid of it, so it backs up. Your body's the same way. That's why I say, until you can go long and slow, you can't go short and fast. That's what I mean. Mm. If you don't build the capillary beds, now, periodization has a couple benefits. Preseason is about maximizing physical strength so I can push and pull without getting tired. Low intensity training so I build muscular endurance and I build those capillary beds. When I get into pre-competitive and I start to drop speed work, I've got that five-lane highway open so the metabolic exhaust goes out. I've got the strength base so I can do it really, really well and I have the muscular endurance so I can do it for a long period of time. Now you've got a built racer that's ready to go run. You go out there and you have a great race weekend, you focus on your recovery. So then, as you guys know better than anybody, then you go into maintenance mode. You're not building any fitness through yeah. the season. You're just maintaining and trying to void of injury or illness. So when you bring that conversation full circle, <coughs> if you're not adequately warmed up, that lactic acid shuffle is not there. You're using the first five laps. That's why you start to feel it load up because it's literally backing up. If you spent 15, 20 minutes and you do a warm-up, let's say it's a 20-minute warm-up, just for the sake of the listeners, 15 minutes, let's call it 25 minutes, 15 minutes, easy tempo. Then you go 10, 10 minutes of 30 seconds, not an all-out balls-to-the-wall sprint, just a brief acceleration. What it does is you just kind of rev in the engine like an F1. And then the body, this gets very, sounds fluffy, the body begins to say, hey, wait, we're starting to get some accumulation of lactic acid. Okay. Sends a neuromus neuromuscular message to the entire body. It starts to dilate. Open the channels up. Now, all of a sudden, what you're doing in the first three minutes, and you hope you can push through it <laughs> yeah. without casing something, facing something, or just getting flat out taken out, that's where a warm-up comes in. And what makes it so hard is, Supercross, what do you guys have? You got to sit and wait. got to yeah. sit and wait. Mm. got to sit and wait. you got to sit. Outdoors, you pretty much can go right from your rig right to the starting gate, get on the bike, and go. Yeah, I don't stop sweating from the time I get to the track, really, at a national. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. And, like, when we had Adam C. at Loretta's, um, at Loretta's, the way that the calendar falls, there's always one day, at least early on, that you would not have a race that day. So, as soon as AC woke up, I immediately had him do a row workout for 45 minutes. Well, the cameras were all around, like, oh, my gosh, Rob's got AC doing a workout. We're not working out. Mm. We're stimulating something known as a glycogen synthase enzyme. Glycogen, stored sugar. Sure. A stressed muscle tissue will store sugar more efficiently than rested. So when he woke up, we did a row workout, he sat down to breakfast. We saturated his muscles with sugar. He stayed out of the heat all day. Before dinner, he did a 30-minute row, sat down to dinner, topped off his glycogen reserves. So the next day, he's already starting with his reserves topped off. But people would look at that and go, 
why would you have somebody do a 30 minute? Well, because I know GL is a diesel engine. He's got to warm up longer. Yeah. Then you've got the guys that come out there. They, let's go back to Usain Bolt. He's a, what we call a quick twitch muscle fiber type a guy. He can haul the mail. That's your supercross guy. Come out of the blocks. Jer Jeremy out of the blocks, haul the mail. Then you've got those diesel engines, Blake Baggett, those kinds of guys that come on super strong at the back half. Well, that's your slow twitch muscle fiber type B. That's your marathon guy. Well, if I've only got a 30-minute moto, not a three-hour or yeah. two-hour marathon, I've got to move that curve forward. So he's going to do a much longer warm-up. And yes, I know it sucks. He's got to go do 230s. This is about metabolic activation. This isn't about testing his fitness. It's not about trying to overheat him. Go back to the example of Lance doing a two-hour spin on this trainer to go do a time trial. He's not certainly doing it to get in shape. Yeah, yeah. But that's where our sport says, oh, that doesn't apply. What is the intensity of that type of a workout, though? It's like we just said. The, they'll, they'll have it where it's even tempo to get the tissue warmed up, and then they throw, in, they throw that acceleration. And what it does is it brings that accumulation of lactic acid up so it doesn't shell shock. Like GL said, you can just feel it load up. That's because your system's backing up. That's where the importance of a warm-up comes in and take the reverse of that. If I come off the track and I just, no pun intended, just chop the throttle, the blood gets shunted into the extremities. So tomorrow morning you wake up and you notice you're real puffy because the blood's been shunted to the extremities. When you bring that heart rate down slowly, it sends a message to the brain. It brings the blood yeah, back flow to back to the heart. And then you have, so what ends up happening is a cool down will improve the quality of tomorrow's workout. If you leave the gym doing a little bit less than you should have and you apply a cool down, your body's loving what you're doing. But this is where more's better, grindstone, suck it up, push, push, push. Okay, good. We're done. Gotta Let's go. go. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And that's where you've got to look at the structure. I don't say do a warm up. I just explained to the listeners why we do a warm up. I don't say do a cool down. Explain why. If I have to cut the main let's say you are tight on time, always cut the main set down. Don't cut the warm-up and the cool-down because you're going to get more out of the middle if you do the two bookends. And what happens is we don't think about Thursday because it's Monday. We just say, get in, yeah. get it done, get out. Yeah. And by the residual... Your, your plan is Monday and it's almost short-sighted. And then on Thursday, you're on struggle bus and you don't know why. Well, you started your workout without a warm-up, you shut it down and hauled ass and you made the workout so hard your body never recovered and you're busy so you didn't eat. So now the recovery calories aren't there. Now the dominoes start to cascade the wrong way. And by the way, you're a pro you got lots of bonuses on the line. See you tomorrow at the test track. Hmm. And that's what makes a sport so much more difficult than anything else. Sure. Interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Rob Beams. Stay tuned. Stay with us. I want to introduce you guys to PowerDot, a wireless muscle stim unit that is controlled by an app on your phone. It's incredibly simple. This is something I've used for a little over a year now to help with arm pump and nagging injuries, and I've had amazing results with it. They recently worked with Adam Cianciarillo to help rehab his knee after surgery. He had an ACL replaced, and after talking to him, he's, it's something he swears by. He's adamant that this is the one thing that got him back on the bike quicker and got him healthy. So if you have any muscle pain, any nagging injuries, or you want to recover the best way possible, head over to PowerDot.com forward slash Whiskey Throttle for a chance to win a free unit or get 20% off your next purchase. That's PowerDot.com forward slash Whiskey Throttle for 20% off and a chance to win. You can thank me later. I 
I see the sunrise I wake up in the morning feeling so nice I burn a couple bowls of the alright I look out to the world and it's all mine Yeah, it's all mine I see palm trees and joints, kids smoke palm trees like ointment My wee breath is fresh cause I keep my appointments Now I can finally see like I smoke some D.U.T. What you think we should sound like? What you think we do at night? Cause we the best of this shit We made a mess of this shit We wrecked the rest of all the west with the recklessness If you's a bitch you might get snatched up like some necklaces This where the rest of us live You, you, you say You say we feel like the West Coast I say we sound like the past You say we feel like the West Coast Welcome back to the Whiskey Throttle Show It's your Troy Designs timeout Check out the guys at TLD uh, at their website. Look at their full line of uh, of new gear, helmets, mountain bike stuff, and uh, and paint jobs. They also they have some good sales. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because oh, they do some. Um, well, you know, they do some collections almost seasonally. So we have some stuff that's considered non-current. That to me looks like the latest, greatest stuff, and it's forty percent off. Well, there you go. I promise you, it's badass stuff, and it's really cheap. Well, you know. I guess I'm talking to the people listening. Yeah, he does <laughs> tell me, bud. <laughs> I see it in anyway. the store, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to TroyLeeDesigns.com. Get over there and uh, check them out. Support them for supporting us. Uh, we're back with Rob Beams. And uh, Rob, you know, you and I have worked together a little bit in the past. And um, most most recently, we've kind of um, collaborated. You got me this Garmin Forerunner 45 watch. And we're kind of going to run through, my wife and I, through some of your... Uh, Purely your analytical stuff and have you make some suggestions to yep. our, you know, exercise diet and everything else based on the, the, the data. And I think that's so cool. You know, like, I think the only thing I had in my era, the 90s to early 2000s, was a heart, heart rate monitor. Mm-hmm. And the only really... The old school polo watch. That was it. Yeah, that and was the only had, one that you existed. You had to wear the chest strap and it was like, um, I would get my resting heart rate first thing in the morning. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that would give me a idea of okay am i am i fatigued do i need to take the day off or not that was that was something that i don't know about for you really helped me mm-hmm. just to go something's not right today am i sick or or burn out yeah so, yeah because i'd have days i just got up and i just felt lazy i'm like but at least there was but at least see. if you could look at your watch please be high please be high i'm like oh no all right i gotta, <laughs> I gotta go i'm I just a go. pussy <laughs> but i mean that was and and then yeah. i had a um kind of a baseline i do a vo2 max test and i had a baseline okay here's your zones but there wasn't even really a lot of, hey, stay in this zone for this amount of time. This and here's why. And yep. there, even if I got the numbers, stay stay in this zone today. This zone, I didn't get the why, and that pisses me off. I, sure. it, it, whether it was paramedic school or or, or uh, anything, yeah, I want to know why. Otherwise, I have a hard time absorbing it and adopting it. Sure. And so that's what I love about talking to you and working with you is is if I've got a question, and and I you know I'm just. By nature, I don't know if that makes me an asshole. I want to no, know why you're telling me to no. do something. Like, yeah. And if you give me a good answer, then I'm like, okay, any, I'm all in. Let's I do it. I think any educated person should. Well, you I know, think if, it's if only you're just taking to... information, you're also going to get some bad information for sure. Or some information that doesn't apply to you specifically as well. Take that or the misapplication of the information. It's easy to pull Or loss stuff. of translation, That's as right. I say. Yes. He was on the right track, but he told me to do this, but it was actually... A little off. Instead of going left, it should have gone right, <laughs> yep. you know, but it was so close. <laughs> yep. Well, and it's it's interesting because, you know, I remember back when the watches, they didn't have memory. 
that you couldn't download I got, them. I bought the yeah. first watch that I could do the recall yes, when I was done. Like, yeah. And it was people were like, oh, like, yeah, dude, this thing's high end, but check it out. Well, and you can imagine in my world, I would go and take the watch data and you know, you'd push it and you'd give it you could get it in fifteen, thirty, and sixty yep. second increments. So we would default it to sixty and then I literally would sit there and take each number, put it into an Excel spreadsheet, run macros on it, and now we oh, now you, it links to your yeah. It, it, and the first train I worked with in, in Europe, he did the same thing. Did he? Funny yeah. enough, would, you don't have a choice just, really because you need the numbers. But this is where I sound a little bit old. It, you know, I hate to say it this way, but it's difficult for me when someone says wearing this is too much work. You know, I think how much work I used to have to do to get something, and now you've mm. got this beautiful app on your phone, and it can tell you calories burnt, last six days average, hours of sleep. Seven days average. It can give it's, you. It's also all too that. much work to get out of our vehicle to go get that double cheeseburger. Exactly. So we'll just sit in line. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? Just have it's, delivered it's to all what, it's, Yeah, it's just all Uber Eats. It's all what we've gotten used to. Well, and I, I I'm going to sound a little bit of an ass here, but it's frustrating for me when I'm working with young kids. I just love riding my dirt bike. As I said earlier, I had a 78 RM80. We ran from the police officers to ride in the orange groves. We ran from the police officers to get back and then had to rebuild the top end. Now I work with a kid. part of the fun. <laughs> well, now you've got kids pissed off that their fourth practice bike is a little tired and their practice track's a little dry. And you want empathy from me? You're they, not going to get it, man. Or yeah. his graphics aren't looking good, they look good. So it doesn't look good for the YouTube channel. A, and I have to have a second set of gear for my second moto. And I'm like, what the hell? I was lucky to have one set. And at the time, it was Fox. So I got sloppy seconds because it wasn't JT. You know, I mean, it's really hard to be empathetic with these kids when they're just whining about everything. And then when I have this data that's available for me to help people eliminate frustrations, but either wearing the watch or... And, you know, I know there's stipulations. I'm not saying everybody has to buy. I'm partial to Garmin, great customer service. I'm not a brand ambassador. I don't get, I, I buy all my watches. I show you the receipts for everyone that I've, I have bought. I advocate the Garmin platform because it, it is so user-friendly and the customer service is great. Um, I love Wayne at Polar and he does a great job for our sport. And I think anybody that works with him continue to do so because Wayne is the guy. Um, but I look at the, the sophistication of the, pol the uh, Garmin platform and what it can provide so conveniently. So when we do have a, a, an interpretation meeting, you're looking at your dashboard. You've got you and Amber sitting there. All right. And then like we did the other day, click here, go to this report. Now we're going to take this report. We're going to cross-validate it with another report. And then we're going to cross-validate it yet again. I don't want that to confuse the listeners. Please refrain from taking one number as the gospel. You said your resting heart rate in the morning is up. Why? Had a big day yesterday at the track. That justifies an elevated heart rate. We're okay with that. It's when you come off of a rest day and your heart rate's elevated. Yeah. But then what we do is we cross-validate it to your body weight in the morning. Remember what we said, signs of inflammation and swelling. Well, if the heart rate's elevated and the body weight's elevated, you had a day of rest, that opens a completely different conversation than big day at the track, a 30, 60, 90-minute bike ride, that residual fatigue, we should see an elevated heart rate. And that's something that I want the listeners to understand. Yeah. If I stressed your system correctly, I should see a sign of residual fatigue, but then I have to factor that residual fatigue into a seven-day block. Exactly. That's where micro Future macro, planning yes, and all that, yeah. That's where the definition of periodization comes in. Each workout is a building block. That building block fits into a day. That day could have one or two workouts that fit into a week. That week fits into a cycle, and then you get into periodization, whether it's a six- and eight-week. Well, those cycles, too, fall into supercross, short and tense, outdoors, heat, long motor, you know. Yeah. 
That's why I was saying earlier, we train for the outdoors because it's a lot more demanding on the body than supercross. No disrespect to anything with See, supercross. Now, and I'm just saying, when I, yeah. when I was a racer, to me, <laughs> almost trying to get supercross fit was hard just yep. to drop the gate and just smash everything in those first two, three laps. At the test track, when you're very comfortable, yes. like it's, but I would go elsewhere and have to change lines, and I would get some arm pump. My rhythm would be out. Heart rate. Didn't well, you're breathe. always your heart rate's always higher in Supercross. I, I would, for sure. Without I would run in the 180s, 190s. I was like where a outdoors, I was like 130s, 140s. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. But then you maybe not the first couple laps. But I was I mean, 130 if I, on the starting line, thinking oh, about really? the race. Yeah. My heart rate's low. Well. Just, Going back time. to what you just said, when you're at the practice track, you're familiar with that track, that familiarity principle. I wrote a sports psychology uh, program, and that familiarity principle plays a big role. So yeah. it goes back into, see how big the casting net of stress becomes? New track, the unknown, tracks change and maybe breaking down a little bit. What about bit. that rhythm section? Those and whoops are breaking down. We've already talked about it today. You're a diesel engine. Supercross is always going to be hard yeah. for you because you don't have that ability to explode out of the blocks without getting all loaded up. You're blowing smoke and all nasty and smelly. Come <laughs> a 500 with an 85cc exhaust just, right just spewing shit everywhere. Yeah, That sounds cool. about right. Even in today's conversation, look at how we've been able to identify what kind of an athlete you are, change the way you warm up, change the way you approach, compare that to a calendar of when you need to be fit by when. Based, You know, when you get outdoors, you have a different physical demand on a Millville than you do on an Indiana. And, and you've got to train to the specificity of that. Even with our GNCC riders, there's some tr- tracks that are pretty wide open, high speed. They don't have yeah, the technical yeah. demands versus something that you may have to pick the bike up, may have to dig it out of a mud hole. Pick it, lift it, Literally carry it, physically yeah. lifting it so the lactate tolerance has to be up. That definitely hurts. That hurts. I've done a couple of rides like that. Oof. Off-road, and I'm like, I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> and you're sweating profusely. Yeah. Well, you don't have the air on you either. Exactly. So anytime you're doing... Well, we're back to a helmet, boots, yeah. all the gear, that internal heat, and now you're doing a, essentially a, a, you know, an anaerobic lift, if you will, while you try to pick that bike sure. up. That's why we always try to educate the athletes, and this may or may not be on par with all the listeners. We need an athlete to have a little bit of reserve, so when he or she drops the bike during the race, you've got it's that It's not ability. the end of the race for them. That's They're right. Able to, yeah, I've seen or that. if you're hauling the mail and somebody bridges a gap, I need you to be trained well enough so that you can throw in a surge, crack them mentally and physically, settle back in. But we're essentially playing with heart rate. Now, there'll be some people that may be a little bit more sophisticated with heart rate training. They'll say heart rate doesn't matter because it's influenced by heat and humidity. You're exactly right. And adrenaline, right? Absolutely. However, we still have to work off of some number. You know, And yes, you can, you can essentially eradicate any number you want. As we always say, you can make the number sing whatever song you want. I understand that. However, you're the one yeah. wearing it. But at 200 beats per minute, the reality is you're gonna exactly you're gonna bonk and fatigue exactly. within within minutes. And if you've studied that enough in training, that's where collecting historical data, submitting someone to a certain intensity for a certain duration of time. Here's the key: in a certain temperature, at a certain humidity, we call, we call them temperature silos. So if I'm having you do a 30, I'm just maybe not for the listeners, let's say a 10-minute a moto for our listeners. I want you to do a 10-minute moto. If it's 80 degrees and 100% humidity, that's a different stress on the body than when it's 95 degrees. So we do all yeah. of ours in 10-degree increments. Now, so for some people, they go, man, that's just, that's a lot. Well, it's not a lot when you're frustrated at the track and you're like, well, how come last week I felt great and this week I feel like crap? Temperature can make a huge difference. Mm. Now, if I can... 
something I had heard over the years, which was, <clears throat> you know, a, as you learn, you try and go, okay, I'll take that. That works for me. Okay, I'll warm up. I'll do this. Yeah. And I had a, a, a trainer tell me at one point that he thought my problem was I had become so, um, my body had gotten so used to, it was either warm up, cool down, or intense. And he said that I didn't have the ability to go through the ranges, meaning go from 130 mm -hmm. to, to 185 or 190, that when it went too quickly, that's what caused a lot of my problems. Is, is there truth to that? Being it, able to go through the, the it, zones? It's absolutely true what he's saying because the way that you train is the way you race. If you take what we've talked about today, if you recognize that there's that gap in the middle, that to me is your biggest opportunity for improvement because I need you to be able, you get the whole shot and you're running at 87% of maximum and you keep putting two seconds on everybody a lap, hang out there. That's great. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Now, if hey, all, do, don't we wish we all had that? <laughs> Absolutely. But Just that, signed you a long time ago, Rob. <laughs> that's the specificity that you've got to train with. Yeah. And then if somebody does bridge or you do drop the front end, you don't panic. You get it. Nowadays, we just hit the button. Still drives me nuts. I still think we should be forced to kickstart the damn thing. But when you pick that bike up and you get it going again... Hey. Riders still think you should be forced to putting in all those numbers into your computer yes, exactly. system, all right? Exactly. <laughs> it's all fair play, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's the thing that I look at is we've got to have that margin in there, but the systems have to be built. I want the listener to think about heart rate zones one through five. Think about it when the old days when we had carburetors going from idle to main jet. Mm -hmm. As you open that slide carb up, it's, it changes. Well, you've got to be able to, you've got to be good at zone three. You've got to be good at zone five. And this is where we look at the demands of racing. If I download your heart rate out of a 30-minute moto, how much are you really spending on, like you said, you go outdoors, lower heart rate range. Well, heart rate is dictated by the amount of muscle that you use. So if I'm doing max heart rate assessment, it's always going to be highest on the motorcycle. Running will tend to be second. Gets a little bit of competition between the ski erg or the Concept 2 rower because you're using both upper and lower body. Kind of a little bit like the moto. Yes, yeah, cycling gets a little body. bit below that and then swimming's below that. So when we're looking at max heart rates, you, you talked a little bit about it at the beginning of this break. You know, the idea here, you've got to know what your heart rate numbers are consistently. You said talked about doing a VO2 max. You can't take one that's six months old, eight months, 12 months old. Your heart is just like your biceps. As it get stronger, your heart pumps more millimoles, more volume of blood per beat. So yeah. if I'm if I'm measuring the amount of exhaust that's coming out of a motorcycle, if I look at the amount of oxygen coming out of a heart, as it gets cardiovascularly fitter, it's stronger with each beat, you'll start to see the max heart rate go down, not always go up. A lot of people erroneously think the sign of a good fit athlete is a higher the heart rate. Now there's always an exception to the rule. Somebody that has a heart rate of 200, I'm not saying is less fit than someone who's at 190 because you have to factor in genetics and, sure. and all that. But when you work with an athlete, and we're very fortunate, we have a very high retention rate of our athletes, you can see historical patterns. You can see as you change the volume and the intensity, that's always a ratio I want people to think about. You can't increase volume and increase intensity. Mm. It's just a, dis it's a prescription for disaster. Assuming that you're looking at periodization, we know that we got to be ready for A1. We've got to be ready for first round of outdoors. That calendar never stops. It just keeps ticking forward. But we test every six weeks because mm -hmm. that way I know I've only, maybe my rudder came off the boat. I've only lost six yeah, weeks, yeah. not six months. Now, it's hard when you're trying to race every weekend to throw in a test. So that's where you have to really test those early season numbers. I'm talking about for a pro as you go to maintenance mode during the year.
Yeah. And VO2 max test really for a weekend warrior, you know, average Joe guy is probably not necessary. But the blood work, I think, would be, right? That, that's going to be beneficial for anybody. Well, the, would you agree? Yes, 100%. The, the, the blood work, I think, at least if you go and explain what, what, what you're trying to accomplish, they send it to a lab. They just need to know what they're trying to look for. So I, I found the hardest thing was just explaining what you're trying to get out of this. I just want a... Yeah, pull all, pull all the problem codes on my car. Let me know everything yeah. needs to be checked real quick, and we'll make sure we get that. And we got, and then we have a baseline. Yes. Do you have a recommendation for what they should ask for? Full panel. A full panel. Full panel. Full panel the panel. most extensive you can get, because just like we said earlier, we don't look at heart rate as the gospel. We look at sleep quality, food, burn rate versus intake, and all of that. When you get a blood panel, you the more broad spectrum you can get. Because if you look at electrolyte, sodium, and potassium work together. You look at, you know, calcium. If you look at the electrolyte profile, you have, they tend to pair up. When you're looking, like, for example, when we look at iron, we look at B vitamins. Because, like, when you eat a piece of red meat, if you had brown bread with that, the B vitamins help you absorb the iron more efficiently. So, a lot of people don't realize the combination of foods can help increase absorption. It goes back to what I said. If you're out of range, is it because you're A, not getting enough, B, burning it up faster than you can get it in? which is like you said, when you yeah. go and ride or... Well, and you mentioned, because like I'm always, every time I get a blood panel done, my B vitamins are low. Mm-hmm. So I'm on a B supplement. Yep. And you mentioned like the human body's really good at adapting. Yes. And so if I understand it right, my B vitamins are low for some reason. My body's stealing from, kind of robbing from Peter to pay Paul. Those are your energy vitamins. That's why. Look is at that your, what it is? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Look at your profession. Look at what you do, you know all the testing sessions you do for vital and everything else. And then you're trying to ride on top of that and you're trying to train on top of it. You do actually do a fair bit and it's not always routine because you're up at night. Like just from dealing with you, I know you always try to do as much as you can, as long as you can, but catches up with you. I bet you if you went and looked and broke it down, you'd realize, well, that's, what's been really neat on this. You know, he's been showing me the the sleep app, and it t- it shows you when you go from light sleep into deep sleep into a REM cycle, and you're supposed to go through that five. He wants me to go five times a night, and like at the station, some nights I There's maybe no get way. through one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just it is what it, it's yeah. tough, and I can see my. I start feeling like shit as those nights stack up. And and it used the word stack up. I want the listener to think about residual fatigue. Like we were saying before the break, you know, by the time you get to Thursday, you're carrying Monday's workout, Tuesday's workout, Wednesday's workout. <laughs> so the idea that you think all of a sudden you're going to be polished at the end of the week, that's not always the case. Mm. And it's not a sign that you're not in shape or something like that. I don't want to sound redundant when we say this, but when your burn rate, caloric burn rate, is consistently... 25, 30, 40% higher of your intake. I will, I, again, not argue, but I will discuss this with anybody. The thing that you got to keep in mind is that is stressful on the human body. Everybody who's listening to this has had children, particularly the women. When you got pregnant, you're on your best behavior. Slept every night, ate the best you could. Baby comes. Dude, when the missus was pregnant, I was on my best behavior. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You didn't mess with that. I didn't. Yeah. yeah I just, you don't mess with yes, that. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Whatever you need. Full. That's right. And so you, you add that one step further. Then the child comes. And what are the two things that we beat up the most? Particularly for women. They don't sleep and they don't eat. Yeah. So we rush into this thing called adulthood, which we all thought was really cool and is way overrated. Then what ends up happening is, what are the two things that we beat up on? You have a very busy day at work. You get home late. You're going to catch up when everybody goes to sleep, whatever it is. Pay the bills, do whatever. Well, now what have you cut into? Sleep. Well, what's the only thing? Well, there's two things that rejuvenates the body. Food and sleep. 
So I want the listeners to think about this. Imagine a funnel. At the top of the funnel is high-quality fats. They come in. The funnel represents the adrenal system. The adrenals have two hormones that they need to excrete, human growth hormone, HGH, and testosterone. Testosterone increases the red blood cell count. That's where you carry your oxygen. HGH is what makes us leaner and allows us to recover. That's why when you have surgery, they give you HGH in your IV drip to speed up recovery. Is that right? Yes. I didn't know That's that. That's standard protocol. Yes. I didn't know that. Yep. And so when you look at that, you, you, you're asking the body to excrete something without giving it the elements it needs. It has to have MCT, medium chain triglycerides, which are your good fats, has to feed the funnel. It needs to be rested so that it can excrete. Well, if you cut into sleep, you don't produce the hormone as much. So for the listener that's middle-aged, has some children, full-time job and all that, you're not eating enough, you're not sleeping enough, and you're gaining body weight, so what do you do? Go to the gym, smash yourself, and go on a calorically restricted diet. Adding more stress, putting on more weight, so what does a woman do? I'm not picking on the women. They add another workout. Because if I'm not... Before you know it, their butt's the size of this door back here. And they're about to go... And they are about <laughs> to go postal because they're thinking to themselves, what I'm, else am I'm I supposed I'm doing everything. Do? Yes. Yeah. Well, it flies in like, the face of... the jeans, honey. That Sue that jeans company. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You Some always hear, oh, it's just calories in, calories out. You yes. know, you just... You need to eat less and do more. And if you're at a caloric deficit, you'll lose weight. But that's not but necessarily that, that true. That sells lots of gym memberships. Mm. But what it does is well, it creates the, a I lot think, of adrenal fatigue. I think there's some basic facts that you know a lot of times you're talking to people like you're doing that and nothing else like mm -hmm. put down the donut and go for a walk you know like for some people well like you gotta you remember said, it's, it goes it's back relative. to the basics of the of what the book says sure. absolutely spot on however am i going to have you do high intensity training when you're already 100 pounds overweight and you're going oh, through a divorce you and it. you just got laid off what that person needs. Like if I was, this is going to sound sarcastic, but if I ever got put on the biggest loser, okay, I would have the athlete sleep 10 hours or to have the individual sleep 10 hours a night minimum. I would get them up. We would walk for an hour. I would feed them a high quality breakfast. We'd go to take a nap real quick. <laughs> That's crazy. High quality That's breakfast. Crazy. Please talk. Cause what, what I like to hear from people is, you know, we talk about, glands and the yes. screeching and, yeah. you know, taking this. And sometimes I think for people, it's like, for me, I sure. like it. We're like, what is that breakfast? Because yep. when someone says a nice, healthy breakfast, I like to go, well, what is that? Is, sure. that, it, is it just fresh fruit? Yep. That's it. Is it granola? Is it, like, like he asked, is, is dairy okay? Do you yeah, can, absolutely. You know, so you often go, what is that balance? Well, first, because some foremost, people are gnarly. I mean, I'm yeah, sorry absolutely. to say, it, but it's like I've had people tell me what I need to do. I'm like, bro, that's not going to happen. It's so extreme. I'll it's be the first a, to tell you, exactly. it's not going to happen. Well, David knows my my number one go to for breakfast is always going to be eggs, and the reason being is, and again, I don't want to use words that would frustrate right. people. I just know some vegans out there that are just. I've I was just told the other day, oh, eggs are so bad for you, and I said, you got to be freaking kidding. Based me. on what grounds? Ask the vegans, man. It's a movement. Yeah, the chickens are put in little cages. And yeah. They don't like it. That's and, why. And that's, is that what it is? I, I don't is. know. I would say the majority of it is. And again, that's no disrespect to any vegan listener. You can grow, have your own chickens. If you got any kind of property again, at all, or go, buy them from a farmer's go market. Go find a farmer's yeah. market. That's what I would recommend. I was going to say, everything, I, all the eggs. We've gone very hard as trying to just do the things, which is I'll spend a little bit more on, on food. Yep. But get 
quality get yes uh, so the eggs we get are just that they're from the farmer's market brought in perfect the meats are all organic grass-fed yep you know it's so pathetic that I actually almost know the history of the cow, and yes. then I feel bad for it, you know. But <laughs> Being slaughtered, yeah. He had a great life, at yes. least, you know. Up this was then. a pink cow with black spots. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a bright pink cow. <laughs> or was it the cow that was painted like the tiger? That's the new one. There. Oh, oh yeah. boy, Jeez. here we go. But in, the reason why I want the listeners to focus on eggs is the amino acids of an egg are considered 100%. So if you if you go and you Google, what's the amino acid profile of a piece of filet yeah. or a piece of fish? It, let's say it's, I'm using a random number. Let's say it says 89. What that means is that piece of meat has 89% of the aminos of an egg. So an egg is indexed at 100%. It's the, it's the margin. It's mm. not the margin, but it's the index, the standard. It's the standard. Yes. So why not start there? Now, I get the question, does it have to be scrambled? Does it have to be honey, you know, sunny People side? Like Egg whites. Do no bad cholesterol in the yolk. No, and unless you have some genetic disposition, and, and I don't want any of the. If your physician says you need to be on a, a cholesterol medication, please stick to it. But let me say because one you thing: you have there may be some genetic issues. disposition. Yeah. The body's pretty smart. If you eat excessive cholesterol from an external source, your body just produces less cholesterol. My experience has been most people have high cholesterol because they ingest way too many simple sugars and white starches. So when somebody goes, remember Guilty. how we talked about doing the perimeter? Yeah. Well, you've stripped all those bleached starches and processed sugars out. Triglycerides, triglycerides will go through the floor. Mm. I've seen it a hundred times. And what are triglycerides? Essentially, it's the the garbage that's in your blood. You know, the bad fats and that's stuff. Right, yeah. But LDL. That's, right. I hear these right. names, but and I appreciate I'm like you that viewer, up, which yes. is I hate to say it, but I'm definitely on the lesser educated with no, all the it's names. Okay. But that's why I said I like simple things. Absolutely. So I like to hear that eggs are good because as someone that grew up believing in that, I've tried to cut out eggs just yes. to see. And I, I'll be the I'll be the first to admit I truly I believe in eggs, not because of the science, because of how it makes me Feels feel. Good. Yes, that's the key. And there's times I I yeah, I gotta have it. And I've tried to ask certain people that are now on this kick that, oh, eggs are bad. Yeah. When did this happen? Well, it's probably the same people that used to think fat was good. Now fat's bad. Protein's good. Protein's bad. Essentially, I don't know what you're going to eat. Tree bark, I guess. But then you're being mean to a tree. So I don't know what to tell you. Tree huggers will beat you up, man. Yeah, forget it. So when you go back to that egg, that egg is going to be 100% index. So you've got high quality protein. Sorry, at least the guy that eat the tree bark might have some wood in the morning. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, and, and along that thread of thought, when you wake up in the morning, if, you don't, if you're not waking up to an erection... You, you've got some issues going on. And well, you should either need to pee really bad. No, nope, usually it, we think that's what it is, but that shouldn't be the catalyst behind it, believe it or not. Because a full bladder, think about, not trying to be mean, your bladder is full in the middle of the day and you push down, you don't get an erection. <laughs> 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 we would all be in better shape if that was the case. You know what, so, now that you mentioned it, that's a good exactly, point. Exactly, so just think about that. But once you okay, get, so what is it then? It's, it goes back to the hormones we were talking about, cortisol levels and stuff like that. Your your hormone level, the testosterone level in the morning should be its highest. If you had a great night of sleep, you should have a morning erection in all seriousness. <laughs> so in other words, try to be like a 15-year-old? Yeah. Which goes back to we can keep reversing these dominoes. If you're not satisfying appetite, your hunger is going to keep you up so you don't sleep deeply, so you don't get the release of the hormones, you don't end up with a morning erection. That's remember what we said. When you're craving simple sugars, don't give it simple sugars. Here's here's the best thing about working out with Rob is he tells Amber, look, 
you guys need to stay well fed so that your body is satiated with with calories and food. Cool, I'm down. And you need to be sexually satisfied to get good sleep. Those every, are the two things every you need. Night. Now, it's weird because I wear this watch, so he'll see when my heart rate pops up for about <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Let's not get carried away. Whatever. Let's not get carried whatever away. Whatever the number of They've shortened down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, I mean, listen. Feed me well and... and Get you laid. You're yeah, happy man. Happy I man. Well, I, think, I think that goes for most of us. Feel like a baby. Donnie, how, how would you feel? <laughs> fed well and getting some... On you, the side. you know what's funny? I always say that I would write a book called Sex in a Sandwich. If you get sex in a sandwich, you're the happiest person in the world. Yeah. Ooh. Well, but but I don't want this to sound sarcastic. Even though the subject can sometimes be funny, think about an infant child that nurses. What do they get from breast milk? The high cholesterol, which is high in fat. Which they're they need essentially, to grow. They're essentially food drunk. Well, that's like most mammals. You know, you yes. go, go go look at it, even in the wild. Yeah. Most mammals, whatever they feed off the mom, it's just, it's basically like liquid fat almost Absolutely. for them. Just fat and protein, them up right? and get them going. It's exactly what it is. Okay. And you look at that child, you could have a train go by and he or she's going to stay asleep. Well, we become adults and we think we're, the rules changed. You've got to satisfy hunger and you can only do it with two macronutrients, protein and fat. So go to bed with your appetite satisfied, go to bed sexually satisfied, go to bed with a dark room that's cold, no sound, no light, and heaven forbid, sleep eight, nine hours, watch what that does to your health. I don't want to say don't that's exercise, but point. just start there. So that's a major problem I have. I sleep four or five hours and that's it. Most people do, unfortunately, because we're adults. Yeah. We got too much to do. We're adulting. And, and this is another reason why I get terminated a lot of times, as I said at the onset of today's show, when you have a professional that's hiring you and you see these external signs and you really know sincerely what the problem is, it's counterintuitive to say, eat more, sleep more, and I can help you. No, Why I, do I feel nope. extremely exhausted when I sleep eight hours, nine hours? I still think your body's trying to recover from the deficit that it's been deprived of. Pr probably out of sequence. I'll give you an example. When somebody starts eating fruits and vegetables, I get the same phone call. I'm gaining weight. Mm. No, you're just getting properly hydrated. Because remember I said when you eat a fruit or a vegetable, you retain 2.8 grams for every gram of glycogen you store. So they may be hydrated for the first time in their life, but their scale went up five pounds. This isn't an accurate number, but if you Google it, it will say this. An average pound of body fat is roughly 3,500 calories. So if your scale went up two pounds, did you seriously eat an excess of 7,000 calories yesterday? It mathematically doesn't <laughs> no, add up. Just drink that and it'll exactly. do it for you. That's right. But yet, when somebody goes on to a high-quality fat, high-quality fruits and vegetables, and they gain weight, they go, I'm getting fat. Nobody has ever gotten fat eating fruits and vegetables and lean protein. No one ever. Hmm. But the scale is, especially these, uh, these electronic ones, they're getting a little bit better, but they work off of electric impedance. So when you stand on it, it just sends a, a, you know, an infrared through there. Well, if you're dehydrated, you're going to have a low percentage of body fat. If you're properly hydrated, it says you put on 4% body fat overnight. It's mathematically not possible. That's what I want people to kind of cut through the quagmire of BS that's out there. Like you say, going back to the egg, there's aminos in the white that's not in the yellow and vice versa. So that's why you get a complete amino acid profile. Some people may balk it when I say this, but I try to have my athletes eat a minimum of two, ideally four eggs at breakfast. Per day. Per day. Because an extra large egg only has 70 to 75 calories. So you're only eating 300 calories to start your day. Then add an avocado. Excuse me. That's, add an you avocado. You burn that in your warm-up. Exactly. Then you add an avocado. That's high-quality fat. 
that your body can't convert to body fat. It either uses it or loses. That's where the MCT comes in, medium chain triglyceride. Add extra virgin olive oil on that, more high quality fat, your cup of coffee, your piece of fruit. I don't care what it is. And then I would like to see you have some kind of yogurt. Now, unless you're lactose intolerant, I like the acidophilus in the yogurt because that helps with the bacteria in the gut, which goes back to what we said earlier. If you're out of range, you're burning it too fast, not eating enough, or you're not absorbing. Well, digestion starts in a large part of it is in your large intestine. So if you don't have good bacteria in your gut, you're not going to absorb what you're eating. So do you see how this comes full circle? The blood can tell you a lot. My girlfriend's been studying this and she kind of just, Echoed exactly what you were just okay. saying there, and I've been, and even um, it's it's called kefir. I always think yeah, of it because of kefir, Chris yeah. kefir. Yeah, but yep. And I have a glass of that. I enjoy it. It's got some sugars. Yeah, it's got that, and I have better digestive. Absolutely. I have less gas. Isn't it amazing? And I'm like, okay, I get it. Is it like a, a kombucha? It's like a yogurt drink. It's right in the yogurt section. It comes in a bottle. When it comes out, it actually comes out like yogurt, but you can drink it. It's called like, kefir. K i e f e r. I always think of. Kefir. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's also tall, skinny bottle, so. But it's good. I mean, it comes in yogurt, and my girlfriend told me about that and telling me, because I think some of my sleep issues was, my problem is I always want garlic and then butter and this and that, and then you go to bed, and I, she would say I would toss and turn because mm-hmm. she thought I had gas buildup. Sure. Got that under control, and all of a sudden I was sleeping better. Yep. felt you know, better in the morning. And I'm like, oh, that's just weird. Certain foods didn't react with me well. I didn't sleep well. You're sleeping. Yeah. You So you don't notice it, but someone that's next to you going, I couldn't sleep because, well, you're busting ass all night and you're tossing and turning and slapping me with your hands and all that. Yeah. Like, don't do that anymore. Like, yeah. stay off that and that and try. So anyway, I've had to kind of almost learn again after racing. Just, sure. I know you're always trying to learn this stuff, but um, it's just interesting learning from the science and then what your body reacts to because there's times when someone says to me do this you'll feel better mm-hmm. and i've tried it and i'm like i don't know if i notice anything yeah it's hard to go back and go oh yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 on board but yeah. when you try things and you go i physically feel it that's like it you said about helps. the eggs you notice that you feel better on it and when I, you, i've i've tried not to just just yeah. not looking at science just go okay i'll do two weeks without this just see good. and i'm like Something's missing. Something's missing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Just scrambled eggs, even without the toast. Yeah. Because I got away from the toast. Good. Just some scrambled egg and and maybe a turkey sausage or some. I'm a, I'm a also a meat protein guy, so yeah, I, to I, me, I like I, a little something. To me, I want the real sausage. Don't give me all that pseudo yeah. crap. Like you, know, you no said, turkey bacon, real pork bacon, yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. For sure. It tastes better. And when you go back to that breakfast, if you add that, let's say that you guys were back training and racing full-time, throw some good salsa on there. It's all tomatoes, which is an antioxidant. You got a little bit of sodium in there. You get maybe a little bit of onion and green pepper, whatever you do. Your body is, you. those are all electrolytes. So are you out on bread? What about Ezekiel bread? I love what Ezekiel about- bread. Mm-hmm. I love the dark breads. Uh, to me, again, bread has been completely you know, made out to be the bad guy. When you go to the grocery store, whenever you pick up the bread, if it's light, put it down. There's no nutrient value. If you pick it up mm-hmm. and it's heavy, it's nutrient dense. It's very simple. The darker the breads, the more nutrient value it really has. Like a pumpernickel or a rye is going to progressively have more nutrients. What uh, about like sourdough? How do you feel about that? You know, it's it's going to be a little high on the sugar side of it, but if you come to my house, that's what you can find sugar dough, because that's what I like. Okay. But what I'll do is I'll What's take your weakness, put, huh? Well, it's just my thing is, life's too short not to have sourdough, just like to me, life's too short <laughs> not to have, 
you know, fat tire beer at night. Yeah. I, pizza once in a while. Yeah. I eat pizza yeah. a lot. What's wrong with pizza? <clears throat> in all fairness, because I, I get that all the time. Pizza's bad. Why? Carbs. Carbs. That's you know? what we've been told. But, yet, carbs. Like, but if you're burning carbs. That's exactly what GL said. We, to me, things get thrown out. What is pizza made of? You know, okay, granted, you got you have the bread. Okay, so order thin crust. Thin crust, yeah. Right? And then ask for less tomato sauce, which is where most of the sugar is at. What else is yeah. on the pizza? Cheese, vegetables, and meat. I don't understand the, why you have to villainize <laughs> pizza. the drama. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was my question, and I've asked this question, and I asked you earlier, which was, what is the problem with a cheeseburger? Because over the years, so many people have sort of demonized it, and then when they break it down, they're like, well, if the meat's good, it's there good, you go. and All the, the cheese is not bad, and well, there's, there's really nothing in lettuce, and tomatoes got... But see, that's where they're wrong. The lettuce has water. It has, I mean, it's not nutrient-dense, nutrient, nutrient dense, but a tomato is an antioxidant. And this is where you look at that breakfast question. If you have four eggs and you have a little bit of the kefir and you have some salsa on your eggs, I don't care how you do your eggs, and then you have some sausage and then you have a piece of fruit, how stuffed are you going to be after you eat that? Now, here's where it goes back to what we said earlier. If you're eating within a two-hour window, you're eating before you're hungry. People who have had weight issues, that's counterintuitive. Wait a second. I'm supposed to be hungry all the time. Exercise is supposed to be starving. That's right. Or I'm only allowed to have 500 calories like the whole keto bullshit. You know, because the idea is that on paper, keto, yes. And I know there's books and runners and everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, this ultra marathoner. F that. Okay, because I want to talk to that person 15 years from now. Oh, yeah, you sold books well, and you did thing, all yeah. your but shit. That's not it's a not lifestyle. Sustainable. It's not a, no. it's, yeah, if you, can't, if you can't do it for the next 40, 50 years, exactly. then what are you wasting your time? And that's well, what a lot of those people that write, write those books about how great their program was, seriously, aren't, aren't go, doing it. Go back and look. They now have a new book that's almost <laughs> counterintuitive <laughs> of what they were telling you to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. They, 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 they mold it. To say it's 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 an extension, but you're like, now wait wait a minute. I actually I don't want to mention names because there's some people in the industry. But I just had this argument about eggs. Yes. That's why I brought it up. Yep. I, I'm told it's wait. It's, is there is there any value to some of these types of diet to jumpstart somebody that's overweight, or is there no value at all? I think I think any extreme is invaluable because what it does is it creates yeah. such a shell shock to a system. Nobody is coming to me with enough sleep and an, let, let's say the lack of stress in their body to be able to take on something that's quite stressful. I was going to say, for wouldn't you love someone to come and say, I don't like sugars. I eat healthy. I sleep too much. I'm so well rested, but I want to win. Exactly. Can you, like, work you know what? Me? We actually have a good starting point. Well, and it's amazing because when you get into our multi-sport business... Uh, triathletes, and then you get into marathoners and stuff like that. We have athletes that'll sleep 12 to 14 hours as their evening sleep and then still get a three-hour nap. Now, it's not the most glamorous lifestyle because you're essentially That's sleeping. what my dog does. My dog does the same exact thing. <laughs> my dog's so fit. Oh, my dog is like crazy fit. It sleeps all the time, and then it gets up and eats, and it goes back to sleep. But let's talk about how much energy he has when he does wake up. Yeah. yeah. And he'll run circles yeah. around you because – and that's where I want the listener to pay attention. It's easy to create a clinical environment. You brought up VO2 max. I'm not a fan of VO2 max assessments because when you go into a testing center, the temperature – is meant is regulated. Yeah. The humidity is low. And last time I checked, you're not trying to train for the Tour de France. So why do they have you on a bike erg when it's you're trying to show that VO2 max relevancy to motocross? Mm. Why are you running on a treadmill trying to show its VO2 relevancy to motocross? Now there's no portable VO2 max that you can strap to your helmet to do it while you're out there on a the motorcycle. So 
to me, it's a number that's invalid. Now, these watches will say your VO2 max was 50, 52, whatever. It's great. It's a benchmark. It's a number. But we've also discussed off the air that it's just a basic a logarithm that if you do something long enough, it's just going to work within parameters. You have to pull it out of that environment and then cross-validate it again, which is what we do as an analytics company. I don't want to bore the listener with that, but these watches at least are a good starting point to, to the question that was asked there. I don't think we should go to any extreme. I use an acronym KISS. Most people, as soon as they hear it, they're going to think, keep it simple, stupid. That just shows you how negative our mindset is towards fitness. I say keep it simple and sustainable. But that's not sexy. That doesn't sell books. That doesn't sell bars and bags and stuff. No, but it's so valuable because everybody thinks, everybody that's overweight or wants to start a program, especially guys that are older or guys and gals that are older, they're like, they don't have a middle ground. They think, I have to go to this radical yep. position in order to do any good at all. Well, we've been told no pain, no gain for so long. Right. And, and, and the thing that I've, we've only been doing this and if probably a couple towel, of weeks. You're a pussy. Yep. yep. But, um, like today I w did a road bike ride with my wife and it was like enjoyable. Absolutely. I was in my zone too. So I wasn't even, I wasn't, you know, blowing up. Yep. Um, he was pumped. She didn't beat him. Yeah. That's why he's happy now. It's just been, I don't want to say it's been easy because the, the circuit training bit that we do is tough for sure, but it's, I'm enjoying it, you know, There's and I'm not grinding myself into the ground. I feel like it's something I can continue to do, no problem. Well, and the crazy part about it is, is once you get three months, you get six months, you get two to three years, the body has readjusted itself where now it enjoys it. You've got a huge, you know, aerobic base. So you feel guilty if you don't do it. That's what I was going to just get to. You hit the nail on the head, Gio. It becomes so, you use the word easy, and it becomes enjoyable. People want to sabotage it. They're waiting for the, when are you going to pull the rug out? Because so many people have gone down that I've got to, I'm, it's got to be miserable. I've got to be. Right. And we're, and we're totally, if you're not going a hundred percent, it's not doing anything for you. That's right. That's the mentality. That's why I said, until you can go long and slow, you can't go short and fast because of cap things we've talked about today, capillary beds, muscular strength, aerobic function, those have to work in unison. So if you look at a motorcycle, you have a big bore and you have a nice size carb and you have too small of a pipe. You're going to have backup. You have a good-sized pipe, you have a good bore, and you have a small carb, struggle street. Big carb, big pipe, small bore, no power. Well, we those three need to work together. Well, then you go and you get a brand-new bike and you strap on a rusty chain. You're robbing that system of power. It's, it's like neglecting one of, and I'd say to ping all the time, the non-sweating components of performance. Every single minute of every day, you can work on food, hydration, sleep, soft tissue, and even diaphragmic breathing, learning how to breathe through your stomach versus your chest. It gets into oxygen penetration and stuff like that. But what I want people to understand is it is so simple when you remove the agendas. I've been, I've been preaching this sermon for 37 years. It's still, I've always believed in a three-dimensional plane on the human body. Now, for our listeners that like to ride, think about how you ride a motorcycle, left peg, right peg, in front of the peg and behind the pegs and above and below the seat. Well, then why are you going to stand there and do single muscle bicep curls? Makes no sense to me. Mm. But if you do it with a walking lunge and a bicep curl, you're breaking a three-dimensional plane working on balance, and you're also getting the same strength. And as you said, the function, that's what aggravates me because I've used the word functional since 87, and now it's a new buzzword. Functional is you don't use one muscle when you move, then why are you lifting an exercise with one muscle? Mm. Especially when we're trying to ride a motorcycle at speed. Yeah, I get frustrated at the station. A lot of the guys I work with will use the Smith machine. Yes. And I'm like... Most useless thing in the world. What is the Smith machine? It's, it, it keeps the weight on a, a vertical plane. Oh, okay. You yeah, know, yeah, one yeah. vertical yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why, up and why don't it. we 
you know, do lunges mm -hmm. with a, a barbell on our back, you know? Yeah. Well, the other, the other aspect too is, and I think people listening kind of would get it is at some point, if you're a racer or a rider, some, you know, that's probably listening to this, you've hit the ground, you've had an injury, done something. Well, this side is going to be stronger than that side. That's a, this is going to have better range of motion. And that was something I kind of wished I knew more about, sure. which was after injuries, you, you don't just get that muscle back to where kind of where it was. Or what you got to have the whole body yep. functioning and working together as unisons. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like being an arm wrestler, you know, yep. your lefty, but then somebody's wife could take him down the right hand because he's a one trick pony. Sure you enough. know, I, I feel like one thing that a lot of people have had to learn is how to pull those together, mm -hmm. you know, almost like you're saying the low rate, the high rate, yes. the intensity, the recovery, um, well, and that's where you've got to look at the whole body constantly. And again, I don't want the listener to get frustrated. We work with Seth Hammaker with Pro Circuit, and he had to have both of his shoulders redone this year because of injuries. Well, from below his chest down, we've business as usual. You know, you could still do a walking lunge, and obviously we took a lot of care to make sure he didn't lose his balance and re-injure himself, but he still had to go through PT to get his shoulders back to just functional range of motion. Then we do incremental load. Then we start to introduce swimming. And, you know, so there's a progression. However, what's so difficult is the calendar keeps ticking. And yeah. those shoulders don't care that we're only, we need 24 weeks and yeah. we've only got 16. And that's where the sport becomes a little bit frustrating for the athlete because, and I'm going to, sound like a smart ass when I say this, I always want to be ahead of that. I want to make sure that the functional range of motion is there. If you do take a high impact, yes, we're, none of us are immune to an injury, but if I've got better range of motion, when I put that arm out and the head of the humerus goes through that shoulder, I'm not going to blow the posterior deltoid out and have to have my shoulder rebuilt. There's never a hundred percent guarantee. It's like a car part. hundred percent. The weakest point is going to whether it's the, the A-arm or the CV right. joint or the we rear shock. We talked a bit about this. In our, we did a safety show with Doc Bodner and Eddie Casillas. It was and, a great and we, show. Loved it. Yeah, we're talking about this sport just pushes you to come back before you really should yep. from all sorts of forces, right? But well, and Eddie, a lot of it is the verbal side. Like, well, you look at like, oh, you're going to wait eight weeks for that collarbone? You're a pussy. Exactly. And like Eddie <laughs> said, that injury is just the source of the next injury because yeah. you don't heal it correctly. I, I'm, I'm I thought that was what he profound. Said. He said the biggest cause of injury is prior the injury. previous injury. Yeah, I thought that was and great. And that's my frustration is when I'm trying to work on functional range of motion. Remember what I said earlier? Strength has to be met with flexibility and flexibility has to be met with strength. One without the other, you're not going to be able to take an impact to the ground. You're not going to take a fifth gear, get off, and be yard darted down, ragdoll yourself, and get up. But in October, November, nobody's thinking about that. Then when we're in the middle of the season and you take one of those high-speed get-offs, and because your range of motion is limited, your biceps are overdeveloped, you can't straighten that arm out. Then the velocity slaps that arm out on a get-off. Well, now you just rip long head of biceps off the shoulder. Now you want to talk about rehab instead when I was talking about prehab hmm. but that's not fun it's not sizzling it's not sexy i've said it over and over again i also wish someone had taught me the importance of stretching and just mm -hmm. being supple you know from injuries and everything i just over the years i became so rigid almost well, robotic i think you look supple gl 
Hey, Thanks, bro. At least you're stiff in the morning some way. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a pee that morning, apparently. <laughs> well, heavy night of drinking will do it. <laughs> That's it. There's always a, there's an alternative way. You mentioned the word stretching. I, I wish people didn't stretch at all. Why? Because when, when we're sitting here comfortable, the, the body's always going to preserve the heart. So the, the amount of blood flow that's in our extremities is always going to be minimal. When you're sleeping at night, it's even less because the heart's always going to be the protected organ at all expense. That's why freezer, we get, you know, when you but get in the cold. I'm, I'm talking about after whatever your day w- was. Well, here's the key. When it comes to stretching, I only want you to do stretching when you're done with your workout where the temperature in the muscle tissue is at its highest. Sure. Inside each muscle, you have what's called a muscle spindle cell. And it's a self-defense mechanism. What happens is, and, and I've had David do this, if anyone's listening to this and can do it in their office or at their house, I want you to stand up, put your right leg up on the desk, make sure that the toe in front is pointing straight up and make sure the bottom foot's pointing forward. That way the hips are squared. Now just gently lean down until you feel that burn in the bottom of your hamstring. That's called the myotactic stretch reflex. If I get my foot on the desk, you I feel, feel the it. burn already. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'm that guy, seriously. But that, no, in all seriousness, I, I'm sure our listeners are as well. That myotactic stretch reflex is designed to keep you from tearing the tissue. It's giving you a neuromuscular message that says, release the tension in that tissue. So if you wake up and the blood's around your heart, the temperature in your extremities is going to be quote, relatively low. Well, take a piece of metal that's cold, it's brittle. Sure. So your risk of tearing a muscle tissue is higher when you stretch, unless the muscle tissue has been warmed up. That's why I stick to foam rolling. Because foam rolling will change the consistency of the tissue through direct pressure. It creates vasodilation. Then, all of a sudden, you'll get an increased range of motion without stretching the muscle. So, so I want to make sure people understand the difference. I don't run anymore. We, we talked a little bit about static and dynamic. Yes. Uh, so the dynamic stretch... Prior to working out, more of a more of a movement than a stretch. I think even calling exactly. it stretching sure, is, sure, yeah, sure. Is, is a. But the key yeah. is the warming up of the blood because when remember we were talking about the importance of a warm up, it sends a neuromuscular message. And without boring the listener, it's vasodilating the tissue to get warm blood from the heart into the extremities so that your range of motion is elongated naturally. You were talking about uh, during the break, going and doing a warm-up for three laps slowly. You're just sending a message, hey, we're getting a heart rate, we're, we're ramping it up. After that third lap, then there's one at 70%, and then you start getting there, same idea. I was, I guess for me, I was more... You know, asking about when you're done with everything because... In the evening? Well, like, whenever. You know, you came back from... Your run, your cycle, yes. your ride, whatever. So you're you're still sweating. You're still in the warm mode. Gotcha. Yes. Stretching is fantastic. Because I think, you know, just like some people battle to build maybe muscle mass. I, I know a lot of guys are like, man, how often do you work out? I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I should, but I just have that body mass. But, you know, it, it it's different. Yep. I wouldn't, you could bring in a scrawny guy that could probably bench press more than I could. Mm-hmm. Just because he's got that muscle memory. Absolutely. Um, but I had a lot of injuries, and afterwards, and it's my opinion, mm-hmm. was because, you know, you had that big crash. Absolutely. And I just didn't bend, or, you know, like, I think I was a little too well, broad shoulder, I, bulky, stiff, just didn't move, and then tore things. Well, I don't want the listener to think I'm against stretching. I was trying to be a little bit sarcastic, just I've seen more people report themselves to us tearing something, stretching, than not stretching. 
foam rolling and trigger point is always a better starting point okay. until the tissue is warmed up and then those stretching. Okay. So you get the synergy I guess I should have been more, 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 I was trying to be sarcastic. No. When you're done, yep. do, you, do you think 100%. stretching when you're warm Absolutely. is a good thing? Because inside the tissue itself, you're, you're elongating that tissue in its warmest temperature, and the risk of injury is almost non-existent okay. if you're doing it correctly with so, good form. So, yeah. So basically, don't overdo it when you're cold. That's it. I, I think I a, lot, a lot of people, I think, is where you're going. Is, yeah. Is, that's where they want to do their stretching. Well, they'll do it in the morning thinking they're doing the right thing. and, and Loosening up. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to give the, the wrong impression that it's not productive. It can become dangerous because you end up tearing the tissue. It, that's why I prefer foam rolling. You're going to get up in the morning, foam roll. That, that compression vasodilates the tissue. You get the same benefit because you will have better range of motion and feel better, but you haven't, you've reduced and eliminated the risk of tearing the tissue. Because we see a lot of people that report themselves, hey, I blew my hamstring out stretching. Uh, when did you do it? Right after I got up in the morning. Well, that's, as we just explained to the listeners, that's why it happened. So you're saying rather foam roll in the morning. Foam roll in the morning and the evening before you go to bed, just don't do single muscle isolated stretches because the risk of injury, you know, literally tearing the tissue goes up quite a bit. Because literally the, the blood has been more centralized towards the heart, so the temperature in the tissue is going to be a lot less. Hmm. That's why, like you were saying, ping some sports-specific activity, then some dynamic movements, and then get into it is the way to go. That's, again, going, not to be redundant to the listener, but that's why warm-up is so incredibly important. It's beyond the scope of the show, but it literally, at a blood chemical level, sends a message to the tissue that activity is about to begin, and you'll actually get more out of your workout. You will elevate the game of the workout, mm. which I think is important to a lot of listeners who are trying to get a lot done in a little bit of time. Warm up. Yeah, I, I, looking back, I didn't warm up nearly enough. I, I would be maybe just barely breaking a sweat, mm -hmm. but I was always like, I don't, I'm going to save my energy. I'm yeah, gonna exactly. Save my yeah, so, yeah. I don't want to burn myself out. Yep. I was like, I did, it's a did 45 minute moto. did I'm myself a disservice. It. Well, I mean, even for Supercross. Yeah. It's like, good God, I can't go 15 minutes. Like, warm up. You well, know? And it is funny to look back a little bit, huh? Yeah, we look how cold it is, especially on the West Coast rounds. It's cold yeah, at night. You January. guys are sitting on the gate with the jackets on. Yeah. It's. I've been fortunate enough, you know, we manage the goat farm. We manage uh, a couple athletes at Sandbox and stuff like that. And I've had the privilege of speaking at Ricky's RCU. And, you know, I've always had the utmost respect, you know, for the Jeff Ward, Stanton days where it was hard work. And, you know, fitness was really brought to the for the forefront. Johnny O and, and um But the science Johnson. wasn't there. They were just straight up hardworking guys. Well, I'll be sitting here giving a presentation and, and all of a sudden Stanton will interrupt my conversation and go, if I had heard this, I would have done so much better. Yeah. Just like you just said, Ping. Just like mm. you said. It's like. For sure. But I love that. I mean, because I've always had the utmost respect. And for somebody like Stanton yeah. give me props, it makes me feel really good. Well, you just hope that there's young racers listening to this and they, they pick some of these little things up and go, okay, you know, I want to make sure I warm up enough. That's know? the goal. And well, guys are doing a better job of now. You see guys spinning before they go down. You see yeah. guys doing it right. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was really much of that going on back in the, in the day. Just, well, the other thing is the guy that isn't lazy, that actually wants, is self-motivated will take a lot out of information from something like this because if someone's lazy, you know what? We could have Donnie as a trainer. You know, he could literally come in and say, get your ass out of bed, making eggs, we're going to the track, and it'd be a lot better than what maybe they're doing. Right, yeah. Donnie? Yeah. Uh, that, is that what you need from me, bud? <laughs> you know what? For me, you would make me a better athlete. I guarantee you just by doing that. I'm on board, dude. <laughs> but I think there's people out there that are self-motivated that often – they want information, and, and I, 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 I can tell sometimes I think I was there at one point where you ask people and then you get 
some opinions. You're like, what do I, what do I take out of this? You know, like absolutely. Goes and then over the time, why. over time, you start hearing the same successful people say some of the same things, and you go, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Weed out the shit. You don't have to be gnarly, well, like you, meaning you don't have to go to the ends of the earth. Sure. On diet or some radical plan or. Well, that's to me where, you know, you, you go back to the psychology side of it. Like I said, at the onset of the show, you know, we try to incorporate strength and conditioning and flexibility, and we always try to encapsulate the mental. Because I can, if someone's consistent with the training and they're willing to trust the process, I mean, I say this humbly, I've got four AMA number one plates. I've got over, oh, close to 300 amateur national titles. That's great if that matters to you. My point is, when you get an athlete that's got a fire in the belly like you two had when you were young, and I can get you to see it as an investment and not a sacrifice. Use soda with the young kids is the hardest. If they can look at it as my dad's not letting me have a soda versus I'm choosing not to, it's either an investment or a sacrifice. Yeah. Now, I do agree there's got to be a reward after a great week of training. Let them have a soda. Kind of takes an ironic twist, but a lot of times they think they're missing out on the soda. They drink the soda. They get a lot of GI distress. The young rider usually goes, yeah, I really don't want the soda. It makes me feel sick. Well, it's eradicated itself. But when we get into the psychological aspects of it, I always ask even my top pros in every sport we're involved with, why are you doing this? And what is the reward you're doing it for? You guys have raced with big contracts and a lot on the line. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hot days doing a lot of stuff you don't want to do. Why are you doing it? A lot of times people say it's money. Okay, how much is enough? Most people can't answer that question. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I want, if, if there is a young, if there's a parent of a young rider or even an adult, you know, can get into the idea of a paradigm shift of understanding the importance of a warm-up and a cool-down, understanding eating out of the perimeter of the store, understanding the things that we've discussed today, that's the goal, you know? Well, and there's, you know, there's, a, there's that motivation if you're wanting to be a professional racer or athlete. But I think specifically after what we've just gone through here with this virus, and, and I mentioned, you mentioned earlier, you know, like you've seen more people out running and walking and biking. I saw, I must have seen 20 people out today walking, biking, running. So many dogs are so happy right they're, now. They're, exactly. Like <laughs> just not in China. It's a great wake-up call. <laughs> it's a great wake-up call for people to get their shit together. Mm -hmm. um, the best way to not be affected by these viruses and this won't be the last one that comes be down healthy. the pipe. Right. Be healthy. Absolutely. Have a strong immune system. Be fit. Well, I've been Don't called smoke, out. I've been you know? called out on Instagram of being a smart ass because I said it's ironic to me. It's taken a global epidemic to get people to understand the importance of a strong immune system. And yet I have to almost beg, steal, and borrow to get athletes to eat and sleep enough to offset what they voluntarily submit their body to. That's why I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. If a hundred people look at this and go, wait a second, I need to look at this a little differently. You know, to like what Donnie was saying, it's not torturous. It doesn't have to be miserable. I can, I, I don't have to feel guilty because I'm actually enjoying yeah. it. And I'm enjoying eight hours of sleep. When they understand a nap, you know how hard it is to get a professional athlete to understand the importance of a nap? We just talked about the importance of sleep. The first 15 to 20 minutes you go to sleep, that's when your body it introduces and injects the greatest amount of HGH. So when we look at sleep, I need you to get to sleep quickly. And I need you to get to sleep deeply, and I need you to stay there for as long as possible. That's what Ping was saying about the sleep cycles. Ideally, we'd like to see four to five sleep cycles. When you first fall asleep, I'd like to see you fall into deep sleep within five to ten minutes. Let's get a little below the science on it. When you release that HGH, you're going to wake up leaner. You're going to be more rejuvenated. 
you're going to have more red blood cells. So now when you throw in a two-hour nap, 20-minute nap, whatever you can get, it's just like an extra dose of that hormone that's going to make you stronger, healthier. But our perception as a society is sleep is a sign of weakness. Like lazy. The lazy. Uh, well, this guy the lame napping. Like you said. Well, I, I, I'm I, a, I, hey, man, I'm ahead of the curve. I've been napping for a while. <laughs> I am like so yeah, far ahead of the curve. you're sleeping three hours at night. Right? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 I've Oops. just never been able to nap. The only time, it's difficult. Ever, it's hard the, for the only time I've ever napped during the day, there was, there was actually a problem. Yeah. There really was. Well, and there's something to be said about that. When isn't it ironic? Like when you use children as an example, when they're hungry and they're tired, how much fun are they to be around? They're awesome. So we feed them and we put them to <laughs> nap, but yet we become adults and go, hey, I'm hungry and I'm tired, but I'm going to go to the gym. How does that make any sense? Yeah. And then when we do look at a nap, when a child's cranky and tired, we give them a nap and they wake up rejuvenated, but yet we're adults. Now, I understand what you're saying. It is hard. The thing that I found interesting was I used to resist. I thought, you know, that's weak. Sleep is weak and all that. It wasn't until I went to Olympic Training Center and I had a Belgium cycling coach that looked at me and he said, you're an idiot. So what are you talking about? He goes, you don't nap? I go, no. He goes, that is free money. Well, when you're trying to make the Olympic team, you're like, what? Excuse me? I can get leaner on it? You know, it was a perspective change. It was a paradigm shift for me. My percentage of body fat went from seven to five in almost a month. When I added a nap, I just can't get my brain to turn off. It's always thinking about, oh, I need to do that. Okay, I'll do that when I get up from this nap. It's hard. It's like I just can't get my head to to shut up. And I don't want anybody to think, oh, Rob lives in a, you know, a a perfect world. I understand it's tough. I just want people to understand the benefits. If you can squeeze uh, a 30 minute on the weekend, do it. Don't try not to. Don't resist go. it. Like let it take go. it. If it happens. That's where I'm hoping when people see that there's a health benefit to it, then it takes that weakness and the negative connotation yeah. out of the equation. I think we're more apt to doing it. It took a, it took a performance coach to get my attention. Let me rapid fire you a few things at you. Okay. <laughs> Bulletproof coffee. So MCT oil yep. and Love it. butter. Love it. Is that good? If you think about what we talked about, yeah. high-quality fats, go for it. And a little bit of stevia is okay? Yeah, absolutely. Been, okay. Yep. <clears throat> Some um, people like honey, but that's okay. Okay. Wim Hof breathing. You into any of that? No. Stupid? To what, sorry? No, I'm not going to say it's stupid. I just, to me, I can't get people to eat high-quality fats and shop around the store. <laughs> I can't get people to talk about breathing. I'm just being okay. honest with you. Well, I it's haven't a, done it. It's a, um, it's a way of breathing, and there's a whole science behind it. Yeah, it's sort of a deep breathing technique. But I, ha- I, ha- I have do. some friends that do it, and they swear by it. I, I have a performance coach, Ben Greenwood, who has 100% strength uh, podcast himself in Australia. He swears by it. Yeah. He, he lives and dies by it. I just find that it's another area that I, I just can't get but people. Not ev- in my opinion, works, not everything works for everyone. Meaning, well, you may not feel like you're getting something out of it like he did or she did. You get my point? I do. I've had people tell me, no, it works. And you're like, I, I don't get it. Well, yes and no. It, I think it's who's got time to do it. If someone's going to be resistant to it, because like you said, if you maximize oxygen, if I teach you how to breathe through your diaphragm, you're going to feel the benefit of more oxygen. It's just you have an extra 30 minutes, and I don't know how long it takes to learn how to do it. I don't want your, your friends to kill me, but that's no, the way I, I look at it. Like I was teasing. If I can't get someone to walk in the grocery store and shop the perimeter, I'm damn sure not going to get them to talk about breathing <laughs> yeah. very long. That's just my experience. All right, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to breathe in and out real fast. <laughs> and, that'll be a, and that'll be $100, please. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's, okay, well, that's a great business plan right there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get it off the ground. Take it to Shark Tank. They'll, they'll there find you it. Go. There you go. Ice baths. I like ice baths because it activates what's called the brown fat adipose and all that. There's a lot of credibility to it. I do believe that it goes into that category of excessive stress. 
Okay. So for example, I didn't like it when you saw it at the outdoor nationals, because if you and I are driving down the road and I drive my car into a frozen lake, my body's number one reaction is to try to heat that lake up. Yeah. And I lose because of the volume of water for obvious reasons. Well, you just come out of a moto and you jump into a cold bath, that's a hell of a shell shock to the system. If I can somehow pull that motor out without burning my hands and I throw that in the same bucket of ice, what's going to happen to that motor? Warp it. It's going to completely dis- grenade it. So the, I always look too at much it, stress on the metal. Stress yeah. is the name of the game for me. Mm. I see its benefit. I just don't think it should be so extreme. See, I would just take a... It, when I had the motorhome at the outdoors, I would take a cool shower. Yes. And even a cool shower would <laughs> take, you your, know, breath take your breath away. Absolutely. Because, I mean, when I say cool, I'm talking like, it'd be lukewarm. Yeah. But, 72, but 76 when, degrees. When you're overheating and all that, it's it's like jumping in a cold pool. You <laughs> So. Yeah. Stress, it's too much. There were times I came out, I'm like, well, I do feel ready for moto too. Yeah. But well, and there's two sides to it. If you're doing it in between motos, I need to conserve energy. Well, th- my thought was I wanted to stop sweating as soon as possible. But you're conserving energy by reducing the core body temperature without crossing that finite line into stressful. Mm. That's Because I totally agree with you. Getting underneath that cold water, oh, it does reduce the stress in a shorter period of time without it being so extreme. Now, so I was doing something right for yeah. once. And then at the end of the day, if you want to jump in the cold plunge because you're just exhausted and you want to chill, you're not having to go out and run another moto because mm. you're going to feel muscular weakness when you stay in that excessive cold for a long period of time, besides the excessive shrinkage, which I can never <laughs> seem to get back. That's tough. That's a tough one. <laughs> it sucks when yeah. it's a one-way street. That's it. You know, I don't have a lot to work with. I'm certainly not going down that route. Out, outside of race weekends, though, like just doing it as a as a inflammation reducer. I would rather use the word contrast therapy. Okay. You know, jump into a warm bath and then jump into a cold, you know, ideally be a jacuzzi in a pool where your jacuzzi is at 97 to a hundred degrees and your pool 75. I always look at it this way. I wouldn't I go that. super, super hot and I wouldn't go super, 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 super cold. cold. Yeah. You're more about that temperature deviation in the middle and come out of it feeling good instead of feeling like either a lobster or yeah. an ice cube. Why well, the cold, the ice baths are hard for me. I mean, I can't, I can't do them. I can't breathe. Matt, I, Matt Bonnie, I, I get I get claustrophobic. Yeah, that's my problem. It's that I mammalian have diving reflex, right? Yes. I just I, it's painful. I stop people to breathe, and then I, I have to get out because well, I freak out. There's a uh, the guy who owns the Orlando Magic, Richard DeVos, has a facility called RDV. It's right in uh, right off of I four when you're coming from Daytona. Matt Bonnie and I used to work out, and they have a cold plunge, and it's I think like seventy degrees. Okay, and he would go into it up to his neck. I'd get into about, I'm not exaggerating, I'd get up to my calves, and I felt like there were needles coming from hell. And I'm like, dude, I'm out. It's and we had a clock up on the wall, and he's like, all right, I can do this for five minutes. And I was cold watching him. I'm like, that's just, I'm with you. I, I have to tap out. I can't do it. I don't care if it's you tell me whatever benefit it's going to give me, I'm still not doing it. I can't. Man. That's why I go back well, to... Well, we all have our thresholds, yeah. in a sense. But to me, you just get that contrast therapy. But I do want to elaborate why contrast therapy. When you go into the cold, you mentioned the word, you're going to offset that inflammatory process. But then when you go back into the heat, it vasodilates and it brings in nutrient-rich blood to facilitate recovery. So that's why we do it, because yeah. I do get that question. Well, isn't that sort of a, a nice way of saying you're just trying to circulate the body, just yep. creating blood flow, motion, everything, Absolutely. everything coming back and forth? Now, there is a little bit of an argument, because if you go through a, you know, a, a good day of racing... Your body does need to go through its natural inflammatory process. We don't want to curtail that too much. And that, again, it's beyond the scope of today's show. But the inflammatory process is not a bad thing. 
We just don't want it to become yeah. excessive, right? And if you truncate that, you can <clears throat> cause other issues. It, like I say, it gets a little te technical, but I don't want people to think it has to be one extreme or the other. Sure. Uh, what, what advice would you give to high-level amateur racers or pro racers? Um, and then what advice would you give to local racers or even just people who ride, sure. you know, kind of more sedentary folks in terms of exercise, nutrition, health. I think when you're looking at, let's just call them, if I, without being derogatory, like a weekend warrior, somebody that just loves to ride to bike, you know? Yeah, he works. Absolutely. That's his hobby. Yep. And he just wants to be a better weekend warrior. Have fun. You know, being able to ride longer without getting exhausted well, I, or hurt. I hear guys say, I just, I just want to ride a day without arm pump. I just, yeah. I just don't want to go home in a wheelchair or, you know, or, or on a, on a hospital bed. Journey, I, yep. It, Everyone has their own, what I call, agenda. Absolutely. They just want to be a little, or maybe half a second quicker because sure. their buddy just found some pace and he doesn't know how to do it. You know, yeah. it's everyone has their little, big kick. I think where we have to start is just what we talked about today. I think everybody that wants to enjoy riding more, get a foam roller, get a tennis ball, and just increase your range of motion. Remember what we talked about at the onset. You have the skin, you have the fascia, and you have the muscle. If you get that sliding and gliding, you'll be able to ride longer. Mm. If you do happen to put the bike down, you may be able to get back up. Because the muscles are able to move, foam rolling is great for that. The, the young, you know, the younger riders or a pro that wants to get faster, just focus on sleep and food. I know that seems to be a rhetorical conversation today, but what are the two things that rejuvenates the body? Sleep and food. What are the two things we do the worst at? Sleep and food. Hmm. I hate to say it, but that's exactly what I would focus on. The other thing is, if you're trying to get a second out of the track, I would recommend you go to the track with a purpose and an agenda. And, yeah. I, and I don't want to take the fun away from riding because I always tease about this. When do we cross that line? Well, to you should have days that are just fun. Just play. But Please. Should, yeah. I call it photo shoot day. You're going to go out and you're going to rail berms yeah. and send it and just have a shitload of fun. Instagram That's day. something that's gone away. It's too bad. We're, you know, 80s, even 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. we would go to the hills dunes. when it would rain. We'd yeah. go to the dunes. Yeah. You'd go out and remember... Be reminded why you started doing this. That's exactly. You, it is just so much fun. Well, to ride. at what day did riding your motorcycle go from I went riding to I went training? And I don't know when that happened, but that when was you, when the fun stopped. Usually when you stopped. turn pro. Well, and or I think, right around that point. Or you have the Moto Dad from hell that does it to you on a 65 yeah. where the kid's out. And this is where I always say when we go to the track, it's not about just you know being a, a throttle monkey. It's, it's the idea of going there with some purpose. If I suck in rights, as I said earlier, that's what we're going to focus on. What I like to do a little bit differently as a physiologist is I'll have you film yourself. You'll have somebody film you. And then let's talk about your frustrations. You know, why were you struggling here? And if I can look at you from the... we do a lot of performance camps. As I said, we were over in Australia. We, we had a big tour over there. We were supposed to be there for three months, and then the virus obviously truncated that. But what I do is I'm not going to argue whether you should have two fingers or one on the front brake. I'm going to show you how the physiology off the bike in a three-dimensional plane translates onto the bike for getting through the braking bumps, being able to jump better, corner better, understanding the physics and offsetting that I call a motorcycle a moving gyroscope in a three-dimensional plane. Here's why I'm having you do strength and flexibility off Here's how it translates to being on the bike to pick up that second that your buddy's beating you at. Mm. That's where I want our listeners to really plug into. Well, and I, just something I wanted to make sure I drove home because I think that there's a big misunderstanding when riders go, oh, yeah, I, I have a, my trainer is this guy. And it's like, oh, really? And what, what kind of education does he have? What makes him a trainer? Right. Oh, well, he used to race pro, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, huh. Well, okay. He, no, he trained that guy. Well, yeah. And that guy did okay. That guy did well. Yeah. I mean, and that's not, I have a lot of really good friends who, who are trainers. Well, that, and that is honestly most of. It's most of our sport. And I, I, 
I think that we're doing our sport a disservice. There's a huge difference between a riding coach, which I think there's a lot of guys that we have that do a great job, mm-hmm. and a trainer, a, a sports, a performance, athletic performance trainer, right? It was what you... Human performance uh, coach human is what I say. Yes, sir. Um, so I really appreciate you being one of the very few that we have in this sport. That's, that's why we wanted to have you on because well, there's, those are two completely different things. And I think people gravitate to this one and think they're going to get the whole package. And I would just say, if they can't tell you the why behind it, then you need to look for a new guy for that, for that side of it. And don't, don't stop questioning. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that I probably annoyed the shit out of people over times, but I always ask questions. They're like, have a balanced meal. Like I said to you, what is a balanced meal? Absolutely. Well, you know, yeah. but what if I can't have an egg? Okay, well then, okay, well, what if I, and I could tell there were times they were like, just just shut up and listen <laughs> to me. But I'm like, I was always someone, I'm like, okay, because you take what you can and then go, okay, what works for me? What makes sense? Well, I was there some things that if you said, do this, yeah. I could tell you, yeah, I could incorporate that to my daily routine pretty easily right now. But you would tell me to do a couple other things, and we go, ooh, yep. that's going to take some work. Well, I've listened to you guys over the last couple of years. Listen to the consistent conversations about bones. Bones is like, all right, the moisture's coming up. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> this is going on. And you got, but you understood the why, even though you're exhausted and you did it and you got numbers. He was also lying. And, yeah. He <laughs> was full of shit. And then, and Let's then, be honest. And then when you left, at but, least there was some purpose and agenda there. Exactly. And that's what I liked about, and I, to this day, you know, I will forever be appreciative of Ronnie Tishner because he was the first guy that understood that. I'm not here to compete with a riding coach. I'm here to complement and supplement, as we said, whether the leg's dabbing or you don't have the right attack position. You know, if, if I see somebody that can't ride on the balls of their feet and they don't have that internal rotation, there might be some issues with the hip or the lower back. Whenever I look at a riding coach, and it's amazing to me, I never want to be perceived as a threat to a riding coach. I want to be a compliment to the riding coach. But what I found interesting, I'm not going to name any names, there was an ex-pro who I hired him as a riding coach for a rider of mine that came to Florida. And he told the rider to drop me because I didn't know what I was talking about and got the guy to move in with him and then essentially told him, don't eat eggs, you only eat cereal for breakfast. Mm. That was exactly the truth. And, and that's when I, I blow my mind because I have a 250F and I've read the manual and nobody should hire me as a mechanic. And just because <laughs> yeah. I've pitted out of a rig or maybe I've had a pro card doesn't make me an expert in nutrition and physiology and sports psychology. I'm not sitting here declaring that I know more than you as a pro Please don't make a declaration. And that's not a tit for tat, and it's not a territorial thing. At the end of the day, and this is just as raw as I can be, the people who are getting screwed are the growth of our sport. Yeah. Because we're having a high attrition rate, whether it be at a pro level or at an elite amateur level. There's there's no disputing that. I mean, go look at since training became a forefront. Let's just let's just say Carmichael. Absolutely. Let's just say in the last twenty years. It got changed. Most riders are retiring in their 20s, some mm-hmm. in their mid-20s, where you go look back, guys were peaking in the premier class in their mid-20s That's and right. riding till 30. You start seeing the the dynamics and you, you, you almost see what, what's happening. Like you said, it's just, it's almost compressing. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that with certain riders or I hate to bring you know Alden up to we we've talked about Alden where he is intense, but a lot of his athletes have retired pretty young, in my opinion. 
can you say they gave it everything for a few years and we're done? I don't know that answer. Mm -hmm. And we could all sit here and have our opinion, but there's definitely some truth into saying that what you're saying, build that base, keep that, you get that longevity. You get that it's not as difficult to keep the repetition or keep doing it. I mean, even like I was looking, I was watching a thing the other day about like marathon runners. Yes. And when you look, you go, most of them do their best marathon technically when they were over their peak fitness, early 30s. I call it textbook feet. You know, like when they should have been smashing the records, they didn't because leg cramp, fatigue, something. And then when they weren't supposed to do it, they did it. And you're like, why? And you're like, they did everything right. And Mm -hmm. it just sort of organically happened. Yep. But... Well, you look at look at the, the the entire dynamic of what we're in. I've talked to David about this off the record. My biggest mission over the next twenty five years of my life is coach accountability, and I have my own coaching certification program with my my coaches. There's an accountability factor, and that accountability factor gets parlayed over to the athlete. I don't want anybody joining our program without, like you said, if you don't feel comfortable asking a question, there's a problem. Because if he can't answer you that question, and I say he because I have no female coaches right now, if he can't answer that question, then we have to have a come to Jesus meeting because there's a problem. Yeah. Now, take it one step further. Doesn't matter what color the team is. What's the number one dilemma of any team? Outside financial support. But yet, what is that? And I've not been behind closed doors. You've run a team before. What does that negotiation look like? Well, this sponsor is interested if you can get this rider, but this rider may not be available, and this money is not available. And if this money is not available, I can't get this rider. Well, we want the sport to grow. We want the athletes to make the money that I think we deserve, which is pathetic compared to other sports. What are we going to do about it? I want to be able to build a slew of athletes that every agent's like, oh, my guy's in. He's in for the long haul. And I want every team owner to go, oh, we've got a, we've got a stable of guys. Yeah, we're going to win races and we'll win championships. It's, an, it's investing in your investment, That's, theoretically. But, but whenever I bring it up, it's, I'm jaded. It's my platform. It's my soapbox. I love this sport. I'm the biggest fan you'll ever find of this sport. And I, I'm fortunate enough to you know, get a chance to work with you guys. But at the end of the day, I don't see you own a dealership. I don't see the number of kids as excited about getting their first YZ80 no. coming in the door. That I, I mean, I remember getting the motocross action and looking at it and reading it till it was wore out. <laughs> All our 110s are being sold to adults. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big kid now. But <laughs> I, I like the conversations you've had with previous guests. Like, what's the you know what's the issue? Well, threshold of entry is obviously a big issue. Sure. But I look at it another level. We get them in the door. They do go ahead and invest in a TTR90, and then they go to a YZ65, then an 85, whatever the, that, that progression looks like. But then who's riding the motorcycle? And, and I'm going to call out some people that I've had some issues with in the past where the dad's answer is stiffer suspension, faster motor. I'm not going to invest in – we're not doing that. I'm just going to invest and, – and I say this not to sound sarcastic, but I have two boys and a young girl. I don't need them getting hurt. So my point is, I'm trying to get them strong and flexible so they do enjoy riding their dirt bike. Their dad's going to go buy a faster motor and stiffer suspension, which only brings the lack of fitness to the surface. And if they're going to yard dart, they're going to yard dart even harder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now... More out of control, basically. And then when I say, I told you so, then I look like the asshole. And I'm like, look... You wished it upon him. (laughs) Exactly. I and again, I'm going to sound cynical here, but when I hear these kids complaining that these bikes don't have good suspension and good motors, for the love of God, it's relative. (laughs) It's it's come down to 
there has to be a reason why I'm not as good as someone else. Right. Dad paid for my trainer, the coach. Yep. It has to be something. That guy's on a different brand. Yep. I can... Yeah, that didn't float well with my dad either. No. But we didn't grow up with, with much. It was no. pretty much like... I mean, I remember we had a VHS with Gary and David Bailey, and it was yep. sit-ups, push-ups, yeah. run five miles, and do your motos, and you'll be a successful athlete. To now, you're going... That'll get you pretty far. Yep. But if you truly do want to be the best, you do have to know all these. Well, and I'm going to. But, but for the guy on the street who often we're talking to. Exactly. He just wants to know like, hey, man, wh what do I do? Yep. And like, sleep and eat and just, you know, and stay hydrated. One thing you said that I, I, I enjoyed a lot was getting away from that. And you said one motion, you know, using stacks. Or, you know, Absolutely. Free range, balance. Use your own stability, yep. use your core, use whatever, engage your muscles. Mm -hmm. To me, I think that's almost a no, uh, that's a no brainer for any athlete. Well, I've gotten into some, and I'll say the word fights. I've gotten into some pretty debated, you know, heated debates with some dads because in a hundred percent transparency, I was fortunate enough. I got to buy Bob Hanna's 81 YZ125 after Daytona. I came off of my 78 RM80 and I bought that bike and that thing threw me to the ground faster and harder than anything. I, we were at Biflo. <laughs> The second lap, I oh, did I know it. Oh, Yep. And it was the tabletop jump in front of the stadium and where the bleachers are at. And I freaking just darted myself. And at the time, I didn't put it all together, of course. Now... Because you're like, that's... Oh. That bike can do anything. And every time somebody says, I'm just going to get a faster bike and stiffer suspension, I just... It resonates in my head. I'm like, that was one of the most painful diggers I ever took. <laughs> and I don't want anybody to have that experience. Yeah. You know We're going mean? to throw you further and longer than you've ever been exactly. before. And we you hope get that this. you can land it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just... It's crazy. Well, we sure appreciate your feedback. Uh, you ever use these devices, PowerDot? You know, you had... Uh, shed some contact names with me on them. Yeah, I, I absolutely swear by them. And like you say all the time, I, I I don't ever get paid to be a brand ambassador. We've got three of them in our system right now, and we use them every chance we get. And I'd highly recommend if you, you know, when Cooper Webb got hurt, the big thing was that PEMF, you know, uh, the, the, the mat that he was laying on, mm -hmm. that was the, the magnetic resonance and all that. We've had that in our wellness centers for 15 years. Is that right? Yeah. My point is, is that stuff works great. These types of devices are so, on the long run, you'll make money on them. Yeah. Because it's well, nothing Well, the PowerDot's just so portable and easy I, now. Right? Well, the portability and how diversified the settings are. Like yeah. you said, if it's inflammation, swelling, a, a jammed up muscle, you know, it's not like the old TENS machine. You know, it's, and I think a lot of people have had a tendency to kind of put those two together. If you haven't really taken a look at the technology of the PowerDot, you really need to. Yeah. And as it you took know, a basic science yeah. and made it. Absolutely. And it, and I look at the price point and I'm just blown away because, you know, we have a couple wellness centers ourselves and you look at what you pay for some of these medical devices and you look at the, not only is it the, the effectiveness of it, but the price point. Yeah, it's incredible. It blows my mind. I mean, yeah. we've actually looked at doing some, because we do a lot with cold laser and stuff like that. And these devices are absolutely phenomenal. And the fact that you can take it to the track with you, it's in mm -hmm. your gym bag, you can travel with it. Drive to the track with it on. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. try getting your massage therapist to do that for you. I'm, that would be yeah. great. Though. And there's a, there's a, yeah, that and would there's, be cool. there's a place for massage, but you know, between the time and the money a paradox definitely. Yep. And again, that's not to try to blow smoke up anyone's skirt. I, I, they're fantastic. Well, I've we, said it before, we it's not going to fix every problem you've ever yeah. had, but it'll do a hell of a lot 
like you said, at a price point and at your beck and call. Yeah. That's what I like is the convenience of it. I mean, yeah. that's why I like my, you know, it's called the Beamer. That's what Webb was on and we have it uh-huh. in our room and, you know, it, they work. And it's kind of one of those things when you look at the science behind it, how do you argue with the evidence? Somebody can always poke a hole in something. But yeah, if you haven't done it, definitely go for it. I remember having the magnetic things yeah. on. It's like, whoa, this is yeah. Yeah, I've tried it all, I think, at some point. Absolutely. We all have. Well, Rob, how can folks get in touch with you if they want some more information, they want to find some of the stuff you've been talking about, or they want to uh, get involved in some uh, coaching with you? Yep. Uh, The best place is go to completeracingsolutions.com. And you'll, there's a ton of resources that are on there. Um, our sweat rate calculator, heart rate spreadsheets, everything that we've talked about today is there. And I would encourage anyone who's listening to please go there. And also cookbooks. Uh, we bought, we bought your cookbook. Okay. And, um, you have a cookbook. I didn't know about that. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a smoothie book, a snack book and a, and a meal plan because a lot of questions I get is what should I buy at the grocery store? So what we did was Michaela was very patient with me. Everything that I eat, she consolidated it. And then what we did was you take the list of ingredients to the grocery store. Now you know what your shopping list is. And I am not a chef. Sure. So everything that's in there is very simple to make. And it's raw, real food. But, but to me, and, and especially for Amber, because she's a lot of times preparing meals and stuff for yeah. us. Um, the hard part is just, you almost, you don't know, is this healthy? Am I not supposed to eat that? How exactly. much? So just having a basic outline. I think it's going to be great. And so well, we're, it hasn't showed up yet. We're excited to get it. Though. Well, they're on Amazon and, and anybody can get them. But the key is, is, and I'm glad you bring that up, it's simply stuff you can find at the grocery store. You don't have to go to a specialty store or anything like yeah. that. I am not a fancy eater whatsoever. I'll go so far as to say if I could get my full nutrients out of a pill, I would because I don't like to prep sure. food. I don't like to eat it. But I have to swallow a spoonful of my own medicine and I have to do I, it. I actually, as of recently, yeah. I don't mind the preparation and doing that. I feel like I'm like, all right, what should we have for dinner? Anything sound uh, 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 yeah. Maybe some chicken? Yep. Or, uh, okay, what? Uh, yeah. And then... If it's left to me, it's going to be chicken pasta. Absolutely. <laughs> with a bunch of crap. <laughs> yep. Or it's going to be uh, some Chinese chicken dish that's yep. full of sugar and crap. So for me, it's always harder. How to be creative of taking some good ingredients, enjoying the meal yep. without loading it or going down that road of an <laughs> unnecessariness. That was exactly where the catalyst behind all of them. Because then, you know, people say, well, should I eat smoothies? Smoothies are great. Well, what should I put in them? So we consolidated. So we essentially have a year's worth of smoothies, a year's worth of snacks, and a year's worth of meals. You combine those three together. And I think the, I don't remember even what the price point is. They're not very expensive. They weren't intended to be expensive, 12, 15 bucks or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Amber got on and bought them. So. Yeah. So the idea is I just want the listeners to know it's, it's, it's there and it's priced for the convenience and the edification to make life easier. Um, and, and then for those that are on YouTube, watching us on YouTube, thanks for sticking with us this long. Uh, we have a channel, Coach Rob Beams. On there, we have playlists for soft tissue, strength and conditioning exercises. Um, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm not the kind of guy that wants to, well, for just $19.95 around the corner, you can have more information. There's the information. If you have questions, and this is for anybody who's listening, contact at coachrob with two Bs.com. 
email me your question. I promise I'll get back to you. It may not be tomorrow, but I promise I'll get back to you. Um, well, that's because, impressive. Well, the thing of it is, is nobody's calling to talk to me to talk about the weather. They're pissed off, frustrated. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like I always say, nobody wants to watch me on YouTube. I just try to email questions, become content on YouTube. Um, everything that we've ever done has been trying to solve solutions, create, you know, eliminate frustrations, whether it's like we're talking about eggs are good, eggs are bad, especially females. There's so much misinformation out there. Same for us guys as well. But it's like you said, if you've had five trainers and you've had five trainers and, you know, and, and there's 10 different opinions just right sure. there on what's right and what's wrong. And I do appreciate that, you know, it does frustrate the heck out of me because I see a lot of misinformation being regurgitated, not being able to validate it, not being able to back it up. And when I see the attrition rate of people and you talk to people behind the scenes, they're like, I got burnt. It's, it's getting worse. That's the problem. Well, I mean, I, I, there's so many, oh, he's the next big thing. <laughs> Didn't even hear about it. Then, then there's other kids that almost weren't meant to be the next big thing that become it because call it what you want, luck, right place, right time. So you start going, wait a minute, <laughs> This is everything why, we're supposed to believe is almost proving us wrong. This is why coach accountability has to be, and like I said, it will be the last breath I take on the face of this earth is coach accountability. be great if they did that with journalists as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, a little accountability for everyone is always a good thing. Last question. Yes, sir. Ice cream still bad for me? No, ice cream's fantastic. Yes. He's not against dairy. We, we clarified well, that. Well, and it goes back to what we said. What does ice cream have in it when you get the high-quality Haagen-Dazs and Briars and stuff? It's... I'm a Tillamook man. Okay. Yeah, it's even better quality. Okay. I mean, yeah, keep Oof. the quality up. Because the idea is, it, what is it made out of? Real raw ingredients. When you read the ingredient list, if it's raw, real food, sugar, vanilla bean... Your body can break it down and you. process it, If you it, can't right? pronounce it, you can't process it. God, has any interview entered, ever ended so well? I can eat ice cream. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having us. No, he's I, really thankful that you came on. Like, you have no idea. That was all bullshit. You're allowed yeah. to get to that You're allowed question. to eat eggs, and you're allowed to have ice cream, so I guess that's a We're wrap. good, folks. We're not going to die. Uh, we really appreciate it, man. Hey, I, thanks I, for having me. I really appreciate it. call you a friend. And and, uh, thanks for everything. And stoked to, uh, for people to check this out. A lot of good information on that site, so get over and check it out. That's Coach Rob Beams. Thanks, guys. 4WP is more than a store. We're truck and Jeep experts. From wheel and tire upgrades to full custom builds, 4WP has you covered. Do your rig right. Shop online or find your store at 4WP.com. At Nihilo Concepts, we have a passion for innovation and for motocross. Our mission is to develop parts that will improve the durability, functionality, and the appearance of your motorcycle. We're proud to say that everything from Nihilo is made in the USA in our state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Stewart, Florida. Whether you race every weekend or you just ride for fun, Nihilo offers high-quality, innovative parts that you just won't find anywhere else. Nihilo offers custom engraved engine covers, one-piece titanium foot picks, brake tips, internal engine components, specialty tools, frame grip tape, carbon fiber components, and so much more. Check out our website, nihiloconcepts.com, and see for yourself why teams like Red Bull KTM, Rockstar Husqvarna, Troy Lee Designs, and some of the fastest riders in the world choose Nihilo Concepts. nihiloconcepts.com.
still shining. Wanna I'ma let go, yeah. Wanna I'ma let go. Everyone's losing me, but maybe that's something I like. Yeah, I've been on something since last month, but I'm feeling alright. All right. Maybe I'm blind to see, maybe I'm losing my mind. So I've been on something since last month, but I don't feel alright. It's me against myself, it's me against myself. I'm starting to black out, yeah. I'm staring at the stars I'm running from myself, I'm running from myself I'm starting to black out, yeah. I'm staring at the stars Welcome back to the Whiskey Throttle Show For this week's edition of the Four Wheel Parts Get At Me Q&A We decided to keep Rob Beams in These questions are all uh, fitness oriented So we thought why in the hell would we answer them when we've got a professional here? Um, so for this uh, this month's installment of Four Wheel Parts Get At Me Q&A, we've gotten multiple questions on some basic, simple exercises people can do at home if they don't have any workout equipment. And uh, Rob? Or at a hotel room. Or yeah, at a hotel road. room. Any of those things. Yeah, you don't have to go crazy at the airport. airport at yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the first thing I would uh, try to keep people thinking about is what we've talked a lot about today, and that is strength and flexibility. So the more you can get up and move around, the better. I know that seems somewhat elementary. Always keep it essentially from head to toe. Um, if you can get up against a wall and just do a push-up or you're, you know, bring your feet back from the wall, if here's the wall, you, you know, your body's here and you're in a push-up position, just do 10 or 15 of them. You know, it's going to open up. You think about a push-up works your chest, your front of your shoulders, your deltoids, your triceps, your lats. And then as you get stronger, and depending on who the listener is, you can just take that gradually down the wall onto the floor, go on your knees, you carry some of that weight. Thank I know some guys will have a hard time getting on their knees, but... Yeah, I mean, it's better than, like you say, you want to get it do done. Do 30 or 40 of those in a set, and yep. then wake up the next day, and then yeah. move on. Well, you and know, as you move tough. down, people don't realize that's where the load increases, and then you can go to a normal push-up, and then you can even put your foot on one of those fit balls, one of the 65-centimeter, you know, fit ball for more. Now, you can't do that at the airport, but I'm saying for those that are at home, when you move down from your upper body and you get into, like, your core area, just simply drop on the ground and do, some people call it the pike, some call it the plank, where you're on your elbows and you're just keeping your back tight. If you don't have the strength to do that, just lay on your back and just literally just gently roll your shoulders up off the ground. You don't have to go that far to engage your pec, excuse me, your abdominals from below your pecs, from your sternum to your, your pubic bone. That's going to roll those abdominals into some low mode of activation. Again, for those that, you know, if you have... Pubic bone, sorry. No, it's okay. That's okay. Well, I feel like Beavis about it. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said, said pubic bone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then for those that are at home, that if they do, I know we're saying without equipment, but if you do, you can grab a medicine ball, push it to the sky. They'll put a little bit more load on there. You can go back to pike and add movement, step to the left, step to the right in a pike position. And then when it comes to the legs, I like a couple different things. You could just do a simple sit in a chair as we're doing right now and stand up. Try not to lock your knees out. That way you don't pass out. Come down as soon as your bum touches the chair, go back up. That's going to get your quads, get your calves engaged, lower back. One that I really like to do is just kind of step out. You don't have to do a sophisticated walking lunge, but just enough to open that pelvis cavity up. That'll stretch the quads and the hamstrings each direction that you go. And that, you know, complement that maybe just with some calf raises where you're just standing on this, you know, yeah. feet are on the ground, just going up. And a lot of people don't realize that your calf muscle is a pump to get that lymphatic fluid out of the lower <laughs> leg. 
And so when we sit around and when we're stuck in chairs and we're sedentary, that's why your toes start to look like Vienna sausages because you're not activating the calf muscles. This is one of the reasons why we don't like it when they cast our legs below the knees. That's why you end up with a Vienna sausage because that mm. lymphatic pump isn't working. So <laughs> those are just some exercises that you guys can throw together from head to toe, get the blood flow moving. It works a little bit of strength, a lot of balance and, uh, you know, flexibility as well, like especially on those walking lunges. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, those are very, very basic stuff. If you're just getting started, uh, I would recommend going to your site because there's a ton of stuff. Even uh, just the, the the things you sent me, like the side plank, yes, with the rotation, oh, the rotation, and then the ones where you drop down and touch your hip to the ground and then come back up to a side plank. <coughs> oh my gosh, deceptively difficult. Deceptively difficult, especially when you and and I'm glad you say that when you do it with the correct form. I want people to understand they may seem easy. But what you're getting out of it is so much more effective. And as you said, it doesn't take a lot of it yeah. to get the result. And you don't feel like you've been smashed when you're done. You know you did something, but you're not smashed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's phenomenal. All right. Well, thanks so much, Rob. Absolutely. I uh, hope that helped. Uh, like I said, get over to his website. Um, CompleteRacingSolutions.com. That has everything you need there, articles and the whole nine yards. And then uh, Coach Rob Beams on YouTube. Yeah, Coach Rob Beams on a ton of stuff on his YouTube channel. With two Bs. Two Bs. It's uh, really, really helpful. So if you're at home and just don't know what the hell to do, check his YouTube site out. So, And any questions, please hit us up. I can't emphasize that enough. I cannot emphasize that enough. Hey, that's something you take advantage of because time is money. So getting people's time is hard these days. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Coach Our Rob. pleasure. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks to Four Wheel Parts. This is a Get At Me Q&A from them. Uh, get over there and check out fourwheelparts.com, the number fourwheelparts.com. Everything you need for off-road, whether it's for uh, your truck, a sprinter you might have, you got side-by-sides, you just need some parts, you need service done on any of your vehicles, go over there and check them out. Awesome company. And folks, that's our show. I want to thank Yamaha again. Uh, if you are looking for a bike, please start there uh, with the Blue Crew. These guys uh, are just making awesome products. If you're a motocross fan, which you likely are if you're watching this, they've won every shootout in the 250 and 450 class. Look at that equipment Donnie's using. Yeah, we're using a Yamaha mixing board. I mean, look, we're just doing Everything it. Everything is Yamaha. We're doing <laughs> it over here. here. <laughs> Thank you to Yamaha. Check those guys out. PowerDot, 20% off using our code. Method Race Wheels, 20% off using our code. Troyly Designs, SKDA Graphics doing 10% off right now. Sorry, 20%. 20. Get over there. Dunlop Tires, Foil Parts, Adidas, Pro Circuit giving a discount right now. So get over and take advantage of that. Nihilo Concepts giving you a free gift. Seat Concepts, Fire Department Coffee, 20% off. Specialized Bicycles, OGO, Langston Motorsports, Paleo Ranch Foods. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.